with a common denominator. comes to town going down oh hey is it wednesday already and welcome to the movie ladder podcast we're climbing the rungs of cinematic connections each week we're discussing a movie that connects to the movie from the previous week's podcast last week we talked about the big short and this week due to a wall street connection we're going to be discussing the wolf of wall street martin scorsese's 2013 movie starring leonardo dicaprio the ninth time that both martin scorsese and leonardo dicaprio have showed up on this podcast, I'm Zach Brooks, and for the not ninth, but 216th time, I'm joined by... Brennan Fitzpatrick, and I tell you what, Zach, I'm never eating in a fucking Benihana again. I don't care whose birthday it is. Oh, man. Uh, I've never been to a Benihana. I've uh, been to, like, knockoffs, but not an yeah. actual not an actual Benihana. Yeah, there was a place we used to go to for birthdays when I was a kid called Yamato's. Yeah, we had one called Yukai yeah. that we used to go to when yeah. we get good report cards that was like a Benihana. Um and uh, making, I don't know if it's the ninth time. Her I, I feel like it's probably now. close to close to nine times, but I we've lost count. Again, how nine many times? Nine times. I, I don't know. Yeah, we really I, should have that stat. But it's uh, Megan the librarian. Welcome back, Megan the librarian. Hello, I I popped my eludes about ten minutes ago, so yeah, they should I'm... be in about ninety minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Which phase are you in then? Um. I'm the in the fa- phase. Yeah, no, I'm not in the drool phase. I'm in the phase where I'm trying to resist falling asleep. Mm, okay. Nice. Yes. I'm always um, in that phase, though. This is a whole, this is a whole new phase because this is the first first time we're talking about Wolf of Wall Street officially on this podcast. Yeah. Uh, then at the end of the episode, as always, we'll pick our next movie based on suggestions sent in by the listeners and us, your hosts. We'll be spoiling Wolf of Wall Street. It's on Paramount Plus, maybe with Showtime. I'm not sure which version of Paramount Plus that was. Um, I tell you what, Zach. Um, I had an interesting viewing experience. Uh, my, I, I had to watch this at my sister's while I was staying with her in Pittsburgh, and I went to watch it on Paramount Plus, but somehow her TV charged the rental through Paramount Plus to her TV instead of it streaming for free. So she got like a text that she had been charged three ninety nine plus tax for Wolf of Wall Street on Param- on her Paramount Plus account. I didn't know Paramount I, Plus did that. I didn't know they did that either. I, I don't know how how or why that happened. It's wild. Hmm. So uh, I ended up well, my sister ended up paying for me to watch this movie. Uh, yes, write it off. <laughs> yeah, uh, Megan, how'd you watch this movie? I have the Blu-ray. Nice. Yeah, it makes sense. On my Scorsese shelf. All right. Well, you can watch it either on your Blu-ray. On Paramount Plus, be careful that they don't charge you. Get it from your library. Um, so if you haven't seen it, we'll be spoiling the movie. If you want to jump ahead, here we're only watching next week. Podcast description does have that timestamp for when we start the latter discussion. I know Spotify is starting to actually build in like clickable timestamps to mm-hmm. their descriptions. I don't know how to do that, but that'll be cool because then we can just put like a hyperlink in the podcast description and be like, click here to jump to the latter discussion. Yeah, we don't want anybody to do that, really. Yeah, no, no, we want you to listen, as always. Pause the podcast, mm-hmm. go watch the movie, come back, listen to us talk about it. Right, Megan? <laughs> yes, of course. Of course. Um, podcast of the people picking Wolf of Wall Street. This movie came up so many times. Last week it was suggested by Travis, by Robbie, um, by Olin. That's it. Okay. Just five times. No, it was five. It was five people. Really? I only see three on the dock from last week. Um, I think you're not scrolling far enough. Nope, I am. Uh, I don't know. All right, three, two, five people suggested it. 
last week. So uh, off of the big short. And of uh, course, I have Scorsese. Owen, Owen, Ron, Jim, Robbie, Treps. Hmm. All right. I think you wrote down people who put actual Wall Street, not Wolf of Wall Street. If we're getting technical. Jim and Jim and Ron both suggested Wall Street from 87, not Wolf of Wall Street. Maybe, maybe. I was very, just, very interesting podcasting. Uh, maybe I was just having a moment last week. Then. I, th- I think so. Uh, <laughs> anyways, Megan, like how many times did you watch The Wolf of Wall Street, do you think? Nine uh, times? I don't know. Five, probably. I should have checked that. Let me let mm-hmm. me check. I have letterboxed here somewhere. Um, I guess I could probably tell you too. One, two, three. You have four. You have four logs on Letterbox. Four. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Um, and I also see, uh, not to spoil things, but your star rating has increased by a half star every single time yeah, you watch this movie. Yeah, that's true. The, the first time I saw this movie, I I was really not impressed. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I still find it's like a lot. You know, it's not one of my favorite Scorsese movies to watch. I think it's really, really good, but. Yeah, it's like it's so over the top. Like they're they're so awful, and like <laughs> it's just it's intense. It's an intense mm-hmm. viewing experience. And yeah, I saw it. I think I saw it uh, the day after Christmas because yeah, it mm-hmm. opened on Christmas, and I went. And I was just like, oh, I don't know about this. And um, but yes, then every time you know, with I always am willing to give Scorsese another chance. I find his movies usually you have to watch them more than once and each time I watch it it like gets a little better and then the last time I watched it like the ending made me cry which sounds weird but it's so depressing <laughs> it's, anyway yeah this last time that you watched it for the podcast or the time before no, the, the time before that the time before okay yeah uh all right well what's the best thing you watched uh, since you were last on which was like a month ago um well I looked through my letterbox diary and I think I'm gonna go with Johnny Guitar yeah. Which is like, yeah, from the 50s. It's like a Nicholas Ray Western melodrama starring okay. Joan Crawford, um, where she really? plays like a mm-hmm. saloon owner. And like, there's the whole like, it's basically a, you know, metaphor for like McCarthyism and that kind of thing. She kind of get almost gets run out of town. They almost lynch her. Mm-hmm. Um, I forget why now. <laughs> There's some, oh yeah, there's like, she's involved with a gang and I, I don't know. Anyway, um, but I just thought it was really good. I really enjoyed it. Joan Crawford kind of kicks ass in that movie. And uh, yeah, I I don't, you know, I don't really like Westerns that much. Um, but I do like Nicholas Ray and I do like melodramas. So yeah. it was a good combination. I watched that last year for uh, film spotting 1950s madness prep for this year. Um, really, really enjoyed that film, um, especially the two lead performances, because I had just watched the other leading lady in that whose name is escaping me at the moment. Yeah. She was in Giant, and I really oh, yeah. hated her character in Giant, mm. but she's such a good actress, and she's yeah. really fantastic in Johnny Guitar. It's a terrible title for a really good movie. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, it's- it's, it's a misleading it's Sterling title. Hayden, right? Sterling yeah. Hayden plays Johnny Guitar. Yeah, and it's a misleading title because yeah, uh, really it's about her. It's, yeah, it's funny. This is the, so I don't think I ever heard or like paid attention to the name mm-hmm. Johnny Guitar before, but this is the second time today that Johnny Guitar has come across my uh, attention because it was in one of the play-in matchups against In a Lonely Place yep. for Film Spotting Madness for their Best of the Fifties tournament that they're oh. doing. And it was one of those that I couldn't vote on because I was like, well, I've seen it in a lonely place, but I've never heard of this Johnny Guitar movie. 
That's I think you should watch matchup. Johnny Guitar. It's, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I ended up picking Johnny Guitar in that, um, but that's probably because I hadn't watched it in a lonely place in a couple of years. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I really enjoyed Johnny Guitar. It was like probably my biggest like surprise, like film that I didn't expect to think like was going to be that good. And then mm-hmm. I watched yeah. it and was like, okay, that was really fun. Yeah, yeah. it was awesome. Yeah. I think, yeah, Joan, I mean, and like, you know, Famous rivalry, Betty Davis versus Joan Crawford. I mean, I'll pick Betty Davis almost every time, but I still, you know, give Joan Crawford her her props. She's she's great, too. Yep. Uh, and she was really good in, in that movie. Nice. All right. Uh, Brendan, how about you? What's the best thing you watched this week? It's really hard because I did watch a good handful of things from the last time we talked to this weekend. Um. Let me hit on Oppenheimer. Uh, I watched Perfect. Oppenheimer with my sister on Sunday. We didn't have anything to do early Sunday before before our plans in the afternoon evening. And she was like, I haven't seen Oppenheimer yet. We should watch Oppenheimer. And I was like, don't twist my arm with a good time, you know. <laughs> um, so to mix two metaphors. Uh, Oppenheimer moved from a four and a half to a five for me on this rewatch. Um, I never felt the length. The performances are just incredible. Um, I know a lot of people complain about like the the Nolan dialogue thing where the score and the sound of the film are always so loud compared to the dialogue. And now with modern TVs, it's even worse. And I did have a harder time with the dialogue on this rewatch than I did in the theater, but it also didn't really bothering me because it gave it a sense of just it doesn't really matter what the issue is at the like the underlying like words that the people are saying it's more the intention like you it's like you there's the whole like it's sort of like the movie is a larger play on the whole thing of Robert Downey Jr.'s character Strauss hating Oppenheimer because of what he didn't hear in a conversation that Oppenheimer was having with Albert Einstein. Ironic for a movie where you said and you can not hear the dialogue. That's that's but... exactly what I'm saying, Zach. That's like the the whole film is sort of a microcosm of that one moment. You know what I mean? And so for like you. I so I really, really um loved this. I do think that Oppenheimer is gonna win Best Picture, and this rewatch really cemented that in my brain mm-hmm. um so i won't be surprised at all if it does um Most I'd be happy it's for, very it's a very heavy you know. favor to win this picture yeah i mean i so yeah i mean oppenheimer holds up who knew yeah. um i also might be, be watching like, oppenheimer again next week we could be we could be complicated men uh we could be giving um i want to give another shout out also to uh the argentinian film uh not argentinian sorry uh the film sorry ugh, let me start over to the Indonesian film The Raid, directed by Gareth Evans. Uh, watched that for the uh, movie Atlas prompt for the <laughs> Library Ladder cha- Challenge this last week. Um, really loved The Raid. One of the coolest action movies I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of fun. So then, when are you going to watch The Raid 2? Um, My biggest problem with The Raid is that the title always confuses me because yes. it's called the raid redemption which always makes me think it's the second one but it's Correct. not it's yeah. the first one it did really confuse me when i was trying to watch it last week where i was like 
is this for sure the first one? Like, I, I had to, like, double and triple check myself to make sure I was watching the right one. Mm-hmm. And then, like, just I had to go with whatever the year was mm-hmm. to know for sure. There you go. Nice. Yeah, so there you go. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I don't, rem- I don't remember, like, the Oppenheimer dialogue being that hard to make out when I heard it. I mean, it's, you mm-hmm. know, it's it's a mixed weird, but it's definitely easier to understand than Tenet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I, I when I saw Oppenheimer the second time, I think it just plays so much differently when you know um, yeah. kind of what the what the narrative structure is going to be, where the movie is, is ultimately going. I think it, it's one that plays really well on a rewire. Yeah, for sure. All right. Uh, well, for me, man, it's it's hard. Uh, I, I'm going to go with two because I have two very impactful movies that I watched for two very different reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, the first is the Oscar-nominated documentary. I watched this for my movie, Atlas, for the Library Ladder Challenge. This is 20 Days in Marapool. Um, yep. And this is an on-the-ground documentary that was filmed during the start of the Ukraine war. Um, and the raid on Maripol, who obviously takes place over 20 days, as the title suggests, it was one of the hardest things I've ever had to watch. I mean, it's just, it is up there with, I mean, it's hard to even compare it to other, you know, Come and See and some of these other movies, you know, um, Zone of Interest that I watched recently, because this is real-life footage, things happening to actual people and it is it's really tough to stomach it's really horrifying to see like the evil that uh is that is going on um over in ukraine and mm-hmm. i just yeah I, I i don't know there's it's really hard to put words on it it's stuff that you hear about on the news and you might see some clips but you don't and this is just the way that this really immerses you in it it's it's pretty hard to pretty hard to stomach but um yeah i don't know if either of you have watched it I haven't. Um, it's on my list to try to catch before the Oscars, but it's certainly like top of the ballot for what's probably going to win best documentary. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so that that was it was that was very uncomfortable and um, hard to watch. Uh, but another movie that was also very impactful for different reasons. I watched Skinnamarink the other night. Oh, um, man. Yep. And <laughs> that is like it's it's very weird tonal shift to go from. 20 days of Marpool to, to skin and but uh so skin and the way like, I didn't really quite know what I was getting myself into I just knew that like it's got it doesn't have the best score on Letterboxd mm-hmm. and I felt like I had heard from some people that it's pretty good I know it was up for the film spot in Golden Brick yes. basically it's almost like you're watching security cam footage from this house and it's just a still camera and it's just showing things in the dark and then it switches to another right. angle in another room. And but is it that paranormal activity? Like, I don't understand the difference. No, like, it's it's because this is like you are staring at a pretty dark screen for five minutes. And you're like, do I see man. something? Do I not see something? Um, I think uh, what I remember about hearing about this film is um, Chris, Chris Ryan and Sean Fennessy talking about this movie after they went to see it. And they're like polar opposite reactions to it but yeah mm-hmm. um yeah no it's it's um it is a movie that you need to have like all distractions away you need to have the lights off and it it legitimately was one of the scariest movies i've ever seen um if you've ever like as a kid if you were ever at all afraid of like not necessarily afraid of the dark but just like afraid of the weird things that you see because it's dark um this movie will hit for you i think mm-hmm. So it, it is it is horrifying. Uh, I, I had a shutter trial that was ending in um, 
the end of, like the end of yesterday, I think. So I needed to. I, and this was on Shutter, so I wanted to watch it. It's also apparently on Hulu, which I would imagine has ad breaks, and that's yeah. like <laughs> that would really do not watch this movie with ad breaks. Hackers um, Plus. And I do realize that I just I just said both movies are horrifying, which they both are um, in very, very different yeah. ways. Yeah. Do you guys have Sharon, Lois, and Bram? Yes. You know, yeah. Yes, the they were like show. Raffi, right? Um, yeah, they sing Skinnamarink. Skinnamarink. Mm-hmm. Dinky, yeah. Dinky, yeah. Dinky, so Skinnamarink. that's what I think. Yeah. Okay. Well, it is, a, it is about like kids <laughs> in a house. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I think about um, like Ring Around the Rosie also, I feel like. Well, Sharon Lewis and Bram had their own show here. I don't know if that was on in the U.S., but it was called The Elephant Show, I think. I think, um, well, yeah. I, think I do yeah. remember that. Yeah, you're really giving me some nostalgia. So jumping, jumping oh, yeah. back to the late 80s, early 90s. I went to an exhibition at a museum here that had like props and puppets from old Canadian children's shows. And mm. they had the elephant from the elephant show. And I was like, I had completely forgotten about this. <laughs> but it was a gr- it was great. It was really cool. Um, all right. Talk well, about nostalgia. Yes, talk about nostalgia. <laughs> Should we jump back to the late 80s, early 90s and talk about Wolf of Wall Street? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yep. um, not, a, not a rewatch for any of us. Uh, or not no. a first watch for any of us. Rewatch for all of us. No. Um, yeah. And a movie that's come up quite a bit on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um it came up all the first time came up all the way back. Uh, Citizen Kane in episode 29. Brendan, you suggested it. Makes sense. Um, it came up off a working girl. Kyle suggested it. Also um, makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I guess like. Yeah, I guess. Oh, yeah, it makes sense, actually. with some of this I could movie. see that. Yeah. Uh, Brendan, you suggested it off of Mixed Nuts. Um, I don't know if that was just because it was the end of the year. I think it was because it, was, think the it was the end, end of the year. year. Yeah, Mixed Nuts um, was the last of the year. So yeah. I don't I don't know really otherwise what would connect Mixed Nuts. No, 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 no. Yeah, it was just. Uh, for, uh, Megan suggested it off Catch Me If You Can. Makes mm-hmm. sense. And um, Taylor suggested it off of About Time. Um, I'm not hmm. sure why. I actually was looking at the similar movies on Letterboxd. Oh, because mm-hmm. Margot Robbie's in it, maybe? Mm. That's true. Margot Robbie. Yeah, 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 I always forget for, Margot Robbie's in, in for five in minutes. About yeah, time. yeah, yeah but it. About yep. Time does show up in the similar movies to Wolf of Wall Street on Letterboxd. And I, I was kind of like... There were some That's, weird ones in that similar <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, Brennan, you suggested it off of The Family Man. I think that Makes was sense. also end of the year. Um, oh, no, because it's stockbroker stuff. Yeah. Um, uh, American Psycho, I suggested it. There Will yep. Be Blood, I suggested it. Yep. And then Big Short, suggested by a couple people. So, uh, yeah, the story of Jordan Belfort based on his autobiography um, with... Um, with Leonardo DiCaprio taking that lead role, Jonah Hill, Margot Robbie joining him. And Kyle Chandler. Kyle Chandler, yes. Chandler. Uh, Coach. Coach Taylor. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean, where do we start with this movie? It's, it's, it's just really like such an epic story. Um, it's really hard to know where to start with what to talk about with a movie like this. Because this really feels more like a just hectic, crazy montage of a lot of bullshit flying at the screen mm-hmm. than an actual movie. Like, it's playing so fast and loose with every scene. You don't spend any time really getting to know these people outside of the, like, circus level of debauchery for every single one of them. Um, It's really... It's moving so fast, and then... By the end of it, you're just exhausted. 
You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it's like even more than like Goodfellas or Casino or any movie that like Scorsese really plays very fast with the timing and outline of the movie. I really I think this is the most exhausted I've gotten right to yeah. back watching a Scorsese movie. You know what's like crazy is the yeah. the sequence on the yacht with the storm and the waves. Like yeah. I think the second time I watched this, I had totally forgotten about that and I was like what the what the hell? Like it's a, like a different it's movie. This. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's so insane. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Some of the stuff that happens in this movie. It's um, really funny because in my head I always um I always for some reason merge the get the lewds line with the scene where he's in the country club and trying to get to the car. For some reason, those are like the line comes from that scene instead of from the boat scene in my mm-hmm. mind. Mm-hmm. So I like kept waiting for like, what, when is he going to say, get the lewds? And then it's, Oh, it's later in the boat scene. I'm like, right. <laughs> yeah. Um, the boat scene I mean, this is like kind of a little bit more like nitpicky, but the CGI just looks so bad. And that, and uh-huh. Scorsese is such a master. I like wonder if that's intentional, where like so much of this movie is about image and appearance. And we have, um, you know, we have Donnie's like fake, fake white teeth and like everybody right. like showing, like this movie is all about appearance, right? It's all about like wh- how they portray themselves and, you know, they get ahead because of like how they're marketing and how they're selling the the stocks versus like the value of what's underneath. And so I, I do wonder if like the really bad CGI, and you see the really bad CGI in the helicopter scene, like right at the beginning of the movie. Oh, too. Yeah. Like I, I was thrown off. I'm like, is this movie from 2006? Like you would expect that kind of CGI from the early 2000s, but in 2013, I feel like like we were getting Marvel movies and we were getting, you know, Pacific Rim that year, like movies that looked really good. And this just like that stuff looked so bad and it was so glaring to me on this watch. Well, I think part of it is definitely intentional because, I mean, we get the entire setup at the beginning of the movie with the dinners, the drink scene. I can't even call it a meal scene because it's just drinks with Matthew McConaughey, where he basically has that conversation with Leo where they talk about. Fugazi and Fugazi and how everything Mm -hmm. basically in this entire world is fake and Mm -hmm. built on the lie that we sell to make money. Mm -hmm. And then the rest of the movie is us seeing the exaggerated version of these people's lives and the, the, the giant lie, basically, of their lives. And so it's sort of like the rest of the movie unfolds as if we're getting... This inflated, to use a uh, Wall Street term that we learned last week, an <laughs> inflated version of what this excess is and does to people. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know, Megan, what do you think? I'm just going to throw up. What do you think out <laughs> there? Just react to, react to one of the things we just talked about. Well, I do. I mean, I guess the Matthew McConaughey scene really is like key to the movie because he says, mm-hmm. like, you know, we don't create anything. We don't yep. make anything. We it's all fake. And it's like mm-hmm. you don't want your client to sell the stock because then it becomes real. And it's mm-hmm. like it's all this wealth on paper. Um, it's true. I mean, it's so ridiculous that our entire society is like at the mercy of the fake stock market. But, yeah, you know, <laughs> and that's I was thinking about this. Uh, and like Scorsese's movies. Um, a lot of them are about like toxic structures and toxic leaders. Mm-hmm. Um, if you think about it, it's like 
Yeah. Or, well, and not even necessarily toxic leaders, but like, you know, the power that one person can have over other people. Cause I'm thinking of the last temptation For of sure. Christ, which obviously is actually about the Messiah. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so like you, I wouldn't call him a toxic leader, but like, well, it's, depending on, <laughs> I guess, depending on your perspective, but I mean, you know, I think mostly we agree that Jesus was probably an okay guy. <laughs> and, <laughs> um, but like that sort of cult, like, you know, and th- obviously Jordan Belfort is a cult leader, essentially. Mm-hmm. And he, it, that's what's interesting about this role for Leo is like, you know, he's this huge movie star and he's like charismatic and good looking and all this. And this movie like uses that in such a disturbing way. Mm-hmm. Because like he's a horrible, horrible person, oh, yeah. <laughs> and that's why that's why the ending gets me so much is that these you know he is this awful guy. We've just seen him like hit his wife, mm-hmm. almost kill his child, and then all these people are, like eagerly staring at him like, oh, tell me how to sell the pen. I want to be mm-hmm. like you, yep. and it's just such a sick thing. Mm-hmm. Um, our whole society is sick. <laughs> Well, I mean, even if you look, because, you know, if you go on Letterboxd, right, like Jordan is listed as the original writer of this film because it's based on his autobiography. And even the little bio that they have for him, it's like on Letterboxd, it says Jordan Ross Belfort is an American author, motivational speaker, former stockbroker and convicted felon. Like in that order, like that's his bio is written. Well, and the guy at the end of the movie introduces him as the baddest motherfucker I have ever met, the greatest sales trainer in the world. Mm. That's your intro? Like, this, you know, it, and there's, they all just, the faces of the people at the end are so eager. There's also a shot in the uh, Stratton Oakmont office Mm -hmm. where it's like, it shows the faces of all the employees as he's walking through them. Mm-hmm. And there's there's like this light and they're all like staring at him. And you know what? I actually thought this is like an anti-Titanic because you think about the end of Titanic. Yeah. When she walks through and she sees all the people who are on the ship and then Jack meets her on the staircase. And that's like a very, you know, beautiful moment. And this is just like so disturbing that all of these people are like in thrall of this horrible man. I keep going back to like all of the different video um, like video productions that we see. We open the movie with a, like an infomercial for the stock, um, Stratton Oakmont. Yeah. And like with the lion walking through, like it's the kind of thing that you would see where it's like, you know, like you would see this video on, you know, you would see this kind of thing all the time. Like it's, it's totally normal. Yeah. And then you see the lifestyles of the rich and famous mm-hmm. where they, which I don't know if they ever did one on him, but I mean, that could be pulled from an actual, um, an actual episode of that show. And then we get at the end, we get the infomercial that is like Jordan can make you rich. And I was actually listening to a podcast and it was for like a weight loss drug. And they had Mm. like the ad was for the weight loss drug. And they had in this ad, like the same kind of testimonials that you get from those people that are in that infomercial. They're like, Jordan changed my life, his process. Like he showed me the way to like the way to sell. And you know, even though that one gets like that gets broken down because then you get the FBI agents chasing him. So it's kind of a little bit surreal at that point where you're not actually seeing the the video, the end of the video or like, but this is like what could have been. And then it breaks down and, and he, uh, he gets arrested. But I just think mm-hmm. like that running through line of like the infomercial um, kind of makeover, like image, mm-hmm. image rehabilitation that we get of these like, of this evil that we're seeing that we're seeing what is actually going on. And then we're seeing how it's, how it's portrayed to the public and mm-hmm. just, you know, that as a running theme in this movie, I think works really well. Did you notice the scene where his first wife 
catches him with uh, with Naomi is yep. in front of Trump Tower. Trump Tower in 2013 <laughs> too. I was like, oh, yeah. like that's well, yeah. You know, but the 80s well, in you know. New York, I mean, true, right? And and I did write that down because we had Trump Tower and the other guys as well um, right. as a connection. But I think like you know now if if he made that movie and it took place in front of Trump Tower, it'd be like, oh, okay, yeah, another Trump reference. Like, it, it, but this is this is before Trump was running or anything like that. Like to have Trump Tower, I know it is the 80s. But still, I mean, you know, Trump at this point was like, just kind of, I mean, he was not, no, not at all. Well, he was the host of The Apprentice at this time. I mean, he, well, but he was still a symbol of what that time period was. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like, I, have I said this before on the pod? I don't know why I would have said this before on this podcast. Mm-hmm. I'm sure I've said it to someone else. But I remember, like, you know, my family, we used to sit down sometimes and watch Entertainment Tonight. And I remember, like, Donald Trump used to be this, like, you know, kind of stupid, like rich guy who mm-hmm. was getting divorced. And like, I remember when he and Ivana Trump broke up and it was on mm-hmm. TV all the time. And like, um, I mean, yeah, he'll always, I think Donald Trump will, will always kind of be that to me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, no, it's, I mean, that's the Donald Trump that, that Kevin McAllister asked direction or who asked, right. he asked right, Kevin right, McAllister right. directions. And that's I mean, probably you don't have like, that in, you don't have that good, in Canada anymore, but in America, we still have that. Good bet that Jordan Belfort um, could have, you know, run into Trump at some of these parties. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the things one of the things I wanted to make sure we hit on, because we were talking a little about, like, how Belfort is portrayed in this film. And I think that you can draw an exact line, like a parallel line between Henry Hill in Goodfellas and Jordan Belfort in this film. Yeah, because they both wrote a book based on their lives. They both went to jail. They both got that story sold and then inflated themselves in the process of the films being made. Like Henry Hill, you know, we talked about this when we did Goodfellas, where Henry Hill would call up Nick Pelleggi and Martin Scorsese and talk their ears off for hours about all these inflated versions of the stories that were in his book to make a better movie, basically. And then, like, he continued to do crime after being released from jail and put into witness protection. Like, it's like, so like, for some reason, Martin Scorsese is really drawn to these types of characters. And you see it also, again, with, you know, certain characters in his latest film, in Killers of the Flower Moon, which could come up next week. I mean, you can draw, you can draw a line from, you know, for every 10 years of Marty films between Goodfellas this movie and the Killers of the Flower Moon. Well, and I think you can throw Casino in there too. Um, the, I think another thing that's interesting about that, like, well, the Henry Hill comparison, like, there, uh, Jordan has that line about mm-hmm. something like this: this kind of luxury is obscene in the normal world, but who the fuck wants to live there? And that exactly. Henry Hill has the same thing about, like, you know, normal people are suckers, kind of thing. Yep, exactly. But I think, um, what was I going to say? Oh yeah, okay. So, so this is the other problem that Scorsese has is that people watch the movies on a surface level and then they think these guys are cool. Right. Which is not the message of the movie. Like if you come out of this thinking you want to be like these guys, you have problems. You haven't watched the movie correctly. Yeah. No. And I mean, what, like I, yeah, when I watched killers of the flower moon, I thought, okay, this time there's no way anyone will sympathize with the Mm -hmm. main character because he is so repulsive and disgusting and horrible. But I was wrong. There are still people who think he was sympathetic. Mm. And I'm like, what does he have to do? How many times does Leo have to say, I just love that money, sir, in that movie? Well, and even <laughs> you know? in Killer of the Flower Moon, 
Martin Scorsese is directly, literally directly, like, like tells you, uh, yes. this is not yeah. a hero. This exactly. Is well, and I mean, I think, like, I well, I just said this, but like Wolf of Wall Street, you know, I would have thought the behavior in this is so over the top disgusting right. that it should be off putting to most normal people. But apparently not. But I mean, I think they're, they're almost, like animals. Well, and there's lots of comparisons to animals as well. Um, yes. Not just the title, but throughout the movie, there's animals. I think, and I, I think that it's almost too over the top too. Like it, 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 it is, there are a lot of very funny scenes and well, I laughed yes, quite a bit, part of right? It, yeah. But I, so <laughs> I feel this, like it's almost like mm-hmm. after watching Killers of Flower Moon and then watching this, like Killers of Flower Moon is just such to me a superior film to this. And I think it is just like the way that it is handled in like that these characters, these evil characters are handled in Killers of Flower Moon. Like it's just for me, it works so much better. Um, and I, it really diminished Wolf of Wall Street on this watch for me. Interesting. Um, yeah, it, I, I had I still yeah. I've only seen Killers of Flower Moon once. I need to watch it again. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think I'm I'm. I'm sorry. I'm really tired. I think I already did say this, but I do find Wolf of Wall Street is not a fun movie to watch for me. Like, oh. I do laugh at the the country club scene, mm-hmm. but because that's very, I mean, that whole thing is just. <laughs> but I think I'm laughing at them. Like, I'm not laughing right. with them. They're pathetic. Right. Right. Sure. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. But there's. It, yeah, I don't know. It was just something about watching it this time, and I haven't seen this since the theaters. This is my first time revisiting oh, this wow. movie, and I remember yeah. really liking it when I saw it in the theaters. And like, I do think it it flies by really well. Like it, for a three hour movie, like you don't, it does not feel like you're watching a three hour movie. It's paced really well. It just the whole time I was watching, I was just kind of like, so what? Um, and I think that was I just couldn't get past like, okay, yeah, we're seeing this. Like, yes, they're evil. Like it just. I but what is the uh, point? Yeah, yeah, like what, like yes, it's saying like the the image thing. I think like helps me take a read on it, like where it's so much about about image and and like how things look on the outside versus how they are on the underneath. But like after, and I also think like you know we watched Goodfellas not that long ago either. I mean, I guess mm. almost two years ago now. But like having watched Goodfellas recently too, it's just like Goodfellas is this version. Like there's it's so much better than this than this and Killers of Flower Moon. Like and so it's like. If by anybody else, I think this would be like a tremendous movie, but I do grade Scorsese a little bit of a curve. And <laughs> so I'm just like, I know, yeah. but I'm just like, he's done this movie so much better. And I also think like yeah. I didn't come away learning anything from this. That's and so watching it a week yeah. after Big Big Short, I felt like I really learned a lot about what happened. I I can't tell you how Jordan made the money. Like, yes, they sold penny stocks and like there was some insider trading going on. Yeah, they they inflated the value of bullshit stocks, basically, yeah. of the shit stocks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you took see, like a big commission yeah. on them. Yeah, he, yeah, he does explain that, that the commission on penny yeah, stocks is that, 50%. And mm-hmm. I thought that that got explained pretty well, actually. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I just, I don't know. I just, I, and not every movie needs to be an economics class, right? But right. watching this the week after The Big Short, I, I am surprised that I came away liking The Big Short more than Wolf of Wall Street. Wow. I just think this movie is like... And again, this is like a theme that probably runs through Scorsese's work, but it's about, you know, the the, it's like an indictment of a totally individualistic society that like mm-hmm. these guys are only like they're not creating anything. Like we said, they're just putting money in their own pockets. And that the um, the Wall Street Journal, is it Forbes or Wall Street Journal, the article about him that calls him a twisted Robin Hood who's taking from the rich and giving mm-hmm. to himself. 
you know, Robin Hood gives to the poor. That's (laughs) and this whole thing is just about how like, yeah, they're just enriching themselves. And maybe your maybe your question of like, so what is kind of the point of the movie? Mm -hmm. Like you can sell me a pen. So what? What does that contribute to the world? Nothing. Mm -hmm. Right. And they're not they're not adding value to anything. I mean. Yes, they're like driving money, you know, they're driving up stock prices, potentially driving up values of companies. But like the one company that we really see highlighted is Steve Madden, yeah, right? Exactly. And like Steve Madden is is taking something that everybody has, like just shoes, but like making a more expensive shoe that, well, is, and that everybody like, there thinks looks like crap. Fashion is another industry, right? That's mm-hmm. like, so what? I mean... Mm-hmm. You know, I like nice clothes. I think it's good to have like well-made clothes that look good. But, you know, the fast fashion industry and trends and all that is incredibly toxic. I actually follow Leonardo DiCaprio on Instagram. You know, he's big into environmental causes. And he actually posted something about fast fashion just today Mm. about how all these clothes end up in the landfill. And like, you know, there's people working in, you know, horrible conditions making these cheap clothes. Um, Anyway. But yes, it's true. I, I I do, but I do think probably the, yeah, it's all it's empty. The movie is empty because what it's portraying is empty. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, I do think that's the point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, maybe it's it doesn't. Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't leave you. Well, it. I, I was gonna say it doesn't like. It's not as impactful. You were saying impactful before, but then actually, I did find it very impactful. Like that ending just made me really sad. <laughs> yeah, so. I think like the ending is just like how whitewashed things are at the end. And even when he goes to prison, like he's just like, you know, what, what does we see of prison? We see him playing tennis. Yeah. Um, well, I think for me, the thing that's sad about the ending is just that all these people, their ultimate goal is to be able to sell stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's like, Oh, really? Like you, you know, why not produce something like, you know, it, I also it, this. So I wonder if this movie would have been made if uh, if not for Mad Men. Mad Men sure. was still on when this came out. And Very I did, Mad like, Men that. feel to it. I was thinking a lot yeah. about the episode with. Well, like there was lots of episodes that it reminded me of. But the one with the tra- uh, with the uh, not the tractor, but like the lawnmower, the riding lawnmower <laughs> episode. Like I was yeah. thinking a lot about that during the, during the party when they throw the dwarf. Um, kills me. The lawnmower <laughs> Yeah. On Mad Men is yeah. so good. Um, <laughs> well, this is the thing too, though. Is I mean, you, you bring up Mad Men, we bring up the Big Short. This is an era of film in the 2010s, between 2010 and 2020, where we're getting a lot of the evils of capitalism type films and TV shows. Should. Like, so I think you know. I mean, we already kind of proved our point that, like, with Zach saying that you know he liked the Big Short better, and maybe. I think there's an an idea there that I think that we would be viewing this movie differently had we not just watched The Big Short. Because we already know Wall Street sucks and Wall Street's evil and everybody here is just like greedy as fuck. So what's the point? You know, and I think that that's one thing that this movie was missing for me on this watch. And maybe it was for you, Zach. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but... We didn't spend enough time with any of the quote unquote any normal people in this movie who actually like took their jobs in any way and what they were doing seriously. There were there like was no character. Answer. There I feel was like no this... character of consequences on 
that side of the storyline. You know what I mean? Like you had the Steve Carell character and the two young guys in the big short. There was no POV character to ground you on the Wall Street side. In this. I feel like the secretary um, that was played by Aya Cash from uh, You're the Worst. Mm. I feel like she takes her job, like like the main, like Jordan's main secretary. Like I feel like she was always seen. The one who's always yelling. She has no. one scene. What are you talking about? I don't even know what you're Was she in one scene? I don't know. Um, I don't know who you're talking about. She, yeah. I don't know. I just felt like she was like, they. Well, I think there's there's his dad though, right? Uh, the uh, Rob Reiner. But, mm-hmm. his more, but he also but, talks about how awful his dad is and his dad is this maniac. So, well, he's yeah. got like rage issues, but right. he's at least he's an ethical person, though. And I also mm. think, I mean, the shot of Kyle Chandler riding the subway home, yeah, is kind of that moment of like, wow, uh, it sucks to do the right thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, yep. Like that's um, how the other half lives too. You're yeah. seeing the other yeah. side of that. Um, yeah, but I mean, you aren't seeing like you. Do you ever see anybody that they're like the people that they're on the phone with? Brennan, that's a good point, right? When no. they call the guy and they're like, how about 8,000? And how about 10,000? Like, you never see the person on the other side of the phone, right? right? No. Yeah, exactly. No, you never do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, but that's also, you know, that's but I think like, that's, the that's, movie is from their point of view, right? right. And so, it, like, these people really mean nothing to them. They don't care at all. That's a good point. Yeah, it, like, they it, could it destroy your life. The they don't give a shit. Of, uh, of Oppenheimer. Like, we're mm-hmm. getting into that territory. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, I I don't know. I guess, like, I, I, I do see the, like, yeah, the movie was empty and that's intentional, right? Like, this is emptiness. Um, what was, what did Donnie, we haven't talked at all about Jonah Hill, but, like, what did Jonah Hill's character Donnie, like, was he a furniture salesman? Was that what he said he yeah, did? Yeah, he was a furniture salesman before uh-huh. this. So, so yeah. at least, like, he was doing something of substance, right? Mm-hmm. Like, people need furniture. That's not selling stocks. That's selling something that people use. What if it's crappy um, furniture? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it could have been. I mean, based on the way he he dresses and his teeth, um, it definitely could have been. Uh, and and I messaged both of you about this because I recently was watching uh, like a little bit of Knocked Up and Jonah Hill's in Knocked Up, and that's like early Jonah Hill is Knocked Up, and it is amazing to see the transformation of like what he's doing on screen from being just like one of the stoner bros in Knocked Up to his role in this and Moneyball, Moneyball. but like just yeah. a few years later. Um, and and I came away, you know, I usually really love Leo in movies. He's I, I I'd love to know how often he's my hero of the movie in movies that we've done of his of his nine. But I I was I thought Jonah Hill was amazing in this. I really liked. Him. I really think he's good. Yeah, they're I both think, really. I, and I I also think Margot Robbie is great in this mm-hmm. movie. Oh yeah, yeah absolutely. And I think the the last time I watched it, I think I wrote in my review that you know she was nominated for like an Empire Magazine Award, and that was mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And I thought that's ridiculous. Like she, she's great. She is a very, very strong actress. Mm-hmm. She does. She deserves a lot of credit, and she does get credit, which is good. Yeah, but I mean, this I, was I, really her this, breakout. She had it, been well, in, exactly. Yeah, she wasn't about time earlier that year. So both that about time and Wolf of Wall Street 2013. Yeah. She's mm-hmm. very um, young here. Mm-hmm. And she's she's briefly in Big Short. We even talked about last week in Big oh, Short yeah. that she hadn't really she'd only been in that Wolf was Wolf after Wolf this really. though. Yeah, yeah, that was two years after this. Yeah. But I mean, she's still, it's like still a couple of years away from like Suicide Squad, I, Tanya, like where she mm-hmm. really said, now I think if people went back and rewatched Wolf of Wall Street, I think there would be a totally different appreciation for Margot Robbie in this because she's such a megastar now after Barbie and Babylon and, um, and some, you know, a lot yeah. of her other roles, uh, Harley well, Quinn. She's, she's fantastic. I absolutely, I, I, I liked Barbie. I didn't love Barbie, but I mm-hmm. thought that she really elevated it. 
Mm-hmm. She's very, very good. And then, yeah, I, Tanya is great. And uh, what was the other one? That, oh, um, Babylon. Yeah, I didn't really like yeah. Babylon that much, but she was awesome in it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, she really and I really I was I kind of thought she had been nominated for an Oscar for this. And I was kind of sad when I found out she hadn't been. She should have been. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and the the his first wife, Jordan's first wife in this, I, I thought she looked familiar. And then I looked in the credits. She is played by Kristen Milioti, uh, yep. who is the mother in How I Met Your Mother. This yeah, very true. Um, I don't so, think I don't like her as much. Well, I think she has one trick and it's big eyes. That's it. That's all she's okay. got going on. <laughs> Um, Sorry. <laughs> she kind of like dropped like after the fight in front of Trump Tower, we don't see her again. No, um, she kind of disappeared. Yeah, she does disappear. I don't think. Yeah. Uh, yep. Um, let's see. Right. I really didn't take no like a ton of notes watching this, I mostly because they're just like there were just like, little things that I noticed, right? Um, mm-hmm. Trump Tower, the video clips, and things like that. I do, I do think like some of the writing is interesting in terms of like how dehumanizing it is for people. Like they talk about Ben. Right. And Ben had I think it was that Ben had an affair with the secretary and then everybody had an affair with the secretary. And then, Mm -hmm. oh, yeah, Ben killed himself anyways. Like it was Mm -hmm. just like the way it's just brushed over. And there's people like when bad things happen to people, there's multiple times this movie where they where Jordan will talk about something bad happening to somebody and then just on to the next line immediately. After. Like, I mean, John Barenthal dies off screen of a heart yeah. attack. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so sad. You're like, wait, if you think about it, yeah. that's another Scorsese thing in the Irishman. Yeah. There is often like those captions on the screen when there's a character and it's like, he was shot outside his house or he was stabbed yeah. 35 times or whatever. Yeah. So I think it's that idea that in these, you know, toxic and in, well, Irishman violent in this movie individualistic society like your life is meaningless it's just nobody ca- you die that okay fine mm-hmm. nobody cares well, what know, when they're to talking about the when they're talking about the midget right like the like the human dart or whatever they're using him as what is, I think that is I think that is considered a slur midget is I believe so little people okay yeah. Or yes, dwarf, okay. I think. I think dwarf. I was gonna say dwarf, and then I thought term. dwarf was. I thought dwarf was incorrect. Yeah. Uh, but I watch it turn out that you don't say that, and it's like anyway, it's a little anything. person. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> little okay. Well, what what the the human dart that they're using, the little person they're using is the human dart, and they say, well, if we consider him an act and not a human, then we can get away with doing this. Like it's yeah, just like exactly. It's yeah. It's like so literal in terms of being like, yeah, we're just gonna like dehumanize gossip, this person. Gossip, well, and the exactly. the way he talks about the different classes of prostitute. Mm-hmm. That there's like the high yeah. class exports, and then there's the skanks, mm-hmm. you know. And it's like, okay, I mean, the the way, yeah, the portrayal of women in this is like, I mean, and it's intentional, but it's like horrible, yeah. you know. The scene where they get they get high on go on the airplane, and he's like humping the stewardess. It's just awful. It's so mm-hmm. awful. like the like, whole first class scene. Yeah, I feel like. That's some of the stuff that is tough for me in this. Like, I get the, it's like so, it's so beats you over the head with it. Like with the, this horribleness. Mm. And as I'm watching, I'm like, there's no way that this happened. Like that people were. Oh, I don't know. Like, do you think I, like that's yeah. true to life? Like the, the parties. I think like, rich people, people sex? I mean, do a I lot of in, shit. I think in the, I think in the eighties when there wasn't like All video, cell phones with video cameras. Oh yeah. Like. Oh, people got away hey, with a lot of you shit. You heard the story about get. Epstein's Island, you yeah. know, like and the, yeah, the the plane and the yeah, yeah, yeah. Prince Andrew. Yep. I mean, I just yep. I don't know. like yeah, and, the Lolita yes, Express. I think is what they mm-hmm. called the plane. Yeah, yeah. yeah, like I know there's like terrible yeah. stuff that people do, but I just like the outward flaunting of it. 
and maybe maybe I'm just like naive, but it, that was another thing that was kind of hard for me as I was watching this movie to get past. Like it just was like a stumbling block where I'm like, okay, but like they weren't really having sex in front of like 50 people. I mean, maybe that is what happened. I, I just, believe it. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it happens at my office all the time. No, it doesn't. <laughs> yeah. At don't, the library. Yeah, yeah. don't announce which library. Don't announce which, or maybe do announce which crazy library you work at. You might get way more visitors. Um, oh, God. You have no idea what goes on behind the scenes at the library. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, the card catalog is a metaphor. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> very, very, it's a very Dewey Decimal System that we've got. Oh, um, yeah. We use uh, Library of Congress classification. I'll have oh, there we go. Yes, I, I was gonna. I was thinking about saving this as my one last thing, but I think I'll break it up now. So we do have the party, like one of the early parties where Jordan says, like Jordan. We often see Jordan like he's he's got that microphone, right? He's like an MC in the office, and that's where like mm-hmm. the famous like you know I'm not fucking leaving scene like that one. But early on, it's one of the first ones where they have the secretary, and they're like, we're gonna pay her a thousand dollars to shave her head, um, mm-hmm. and then they. Like I don't know if there's I don't know if there's a way to fake that. Like so I think No, they, no, I think they actually shaved. No, they her. actually they, shaved that actress's head. Like yeah. you can see it later, yeah. And mm-hmm. that was I was like so how is that how is Scorsese not doing the exact same thing as Jordan where he is shaving this woman's head and demeaning her for entertainment purposes? Well, presumably she's, the actress consented actress. volunteered. Yeah, exactly. Well, she consented <laughs> when she took the $1000, the character did. Right. But I mean, I, I think the, you know, having that woman shave her head is like probably the least demeaning thing anyone does. It does to her in the entire film. Yeah, yeah, Um, for sure. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just a, yeah, the whole, the whole office culture is just that culture of like excess and, and like over the top, like. I dare you kind of thing. And it, this, uh, the violent, you know, the scene where they're talking about the, uh, the lunch they spent like that obscene amount of money on. And when, when Rob Reiner comes into the room, they're like, they're like little, like kindergartners laughing mm-hmm. at somebody like, you know, stole a juice box. From them. They're so like, they're just, I would hate to be around people like this. Oh, for sure. <laughs> just yeah, yeah. hideous people. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, yeah, that would not be a good office to work in. No. Um, <laughs> I, I would like to have lunch with the Matthew McConaughey character, because I feel like that was <laughs> kind of inspiring. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, like with his song, you know, the song obviously is the famous part, but like just like that whole scene, I was like, I remembered it being a lot more like cartoonish than it was. And I think that it's it is over the top, oh. but. I, I feel that, like it's I more love, relatable than a lot of what you get later on in the movie. I love how he lays out the martinis. Like, you're going to bring us two absolute yep. martinis. <laughs> then in another seven minutes, you're going to bring us two more. Then five minutes after that, you're going to bring us two more. And then you're going to keep going until one of us passes out. It is a very, it is a good <laughs> yeah. McConaughey scene. He, like, it's he, really good, yeah. Yeah. I think this, so he won the Oscar this year over Leo, Grinnell right? Club, Which is, though, right? like, stupid. But, but it's Grinnell's Fires Club, right? Yeah, but that I mean, yeah. he didn't just uh, he. It's the weight loss award, you know. Yeah, and, yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah, um, but yes, he is very good in this movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. ironically, he's very good <laughs> yeah, because he's just playing Matthew McConaughey. Like that's yeah. a Matthew McConaughey thing. Like is the motivational, like you know, self self pump up thing. You know, mm-hmm. it's, but th- this is the first time that we've seen Matthew McConaughey. This is the start of the McConaughey because we hadn't really oh, seen sure. him in anything yeah. else 
before this. And then, you know, in that year, we get Wolf of Wall Street, Dallas Buyers Club, Interstellar, and True Detective all coming yeah. out at the same time. All coming out in the next That's two crazy. years. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I feel That's like crazy. prior to that, I'm just like pulling up right now to look at. Uh, it had been he, a lot of it had been a lot of failed rom coms. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, I mean, I guess he, failed, he, but... he was in Mud the year before, and sure. Magic Mike as well in 2012. Yeah. So uh, I guess them kind of sounds started with Magic Mike because yeah, people Mike, yeah. people freaked out about him in Magic Mike. Yeah. Well, and people, I feel like people like the Lincoln Lawyer too. I've never seen it, but I haven't uh, seen that either. But there's a was, TV show now, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I like that movie, but it was not. I mean, it wasn't very well regarded at the time. Like, it didn't make a lot of money or anything. No, you know? but I feel like that's a so, movie that now people say, like, oh, you know, it's actually a pretty good movie. Like, it's one of those, like, you know, it's actually a pretty good movie. It's, it's like a video more. store classic. Yeah, yeah, except mm-hmm. we don't have those. It's like a Peacock Right, exactly. It would be now. a video store classic. It's a yeah. Netflix classic. Uh, look, it's, it's, it is on Peacock. There you go. Peacock uh, classic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Brian Cranston did... shows up in that as well. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, hmm I feel like this movie also, like really put quaaludes on the map um nobody's talking about quaaludes before this movie (laughs) i'm sure that i so i knew what quaaludes were and i'm sure that i had some pop culture reference point for quaaludes before this movie and i cannot for the life of me think what it was but i Mm. definitely remember learning what quaaludes were at some point (laughs) yeah when I in this movie, they actually have like the you know, it's kind of like the big short thing where the big short explains to you all of the different terminology that they're using. Now and we know all about quaaludes. Right. They explain <laughs> the history of quaaludes in this. And I think um, I, I don't remember exactly what the history was. Wasn't there some like Native American tie to quaaludes as well? Um, was there? Oh, no, it was an Indian doctor from India. Oh, that's right. Yes. It's yeah. Indian. Yeah. OK. And then yeah. they had like that. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then he says the inappropriate thing. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, there yeah. was a bit of a. I'm not gonna repeat. <laughs> yes, not so nice. Um, yeah, I did like. I like. I mean, like the Quaalude scene. Like it's such good physical acting, though. When both, uh, when both it's, Jordan and oh my and god, on that scene is ridiculous. And like I, you know, I often think, um, it's a shame Leo doesn't do more comedy because he had he can be very funny. Mm-hmm. And this scene is probably. I mean, I was I actually was trying to think of a list of like the top 10 funny Leo scenes. And I was like, well, I guess that that would be number one. Mm-hmm. I don't um, even know how <laughs> you do that acting. Like yeah. the, the physical, like the way that both of them are moving their bodies so out of control <laughs> and so slowly. Like it would be very hard yeah. if you were not like a physical comedian to do that. Um, and it was actually one thing that it reminded me of. And it's a scene that I think about a lot is mm-hmm. in Silence of the Lambs. When Jodie Foster is down in the pit, um, in Buffalo Bill's pit, and does she go in the pit, or does she not go in the? She's in the she's house. She's in the basement. Yeah. Yeah, and they I shut the lights the off, and you yeah, can see her totally through freaky. the night vision, through the night vision. Very. And scary. the way that she's walking is just like it's just it's another like it's just like one scene that has always stuck with me. That physical acting, the way that she walks in the dark, I'm just like that is exactly how somebody would look when they are walking in the dark, and I feel like this is how like. When somebody's hitting the drooly phase of yeah. quaaludes, like the way that they're both like stumbling and and like walking in slow motion, like I I did <laughs> really note both of them and their physical performance in that scene. Yeah, oh yeah, and that you know the where he sees Popeye on TV and he gets the cocaine yeah. and like it's just, I mean this really is like an insane performance by Jonah Hill and Leo, both oh, of sure. them. But yeah, like yeah. yeah, it's very. <laughs> I really, I really love the scene when he and Leo, uh, when he and Jordan Belfort are first getting to know each other and they go to that strip club bar and he's like, 
yeah, so I married my cousin. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's like, I'm going to F my cousin. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, no, nobody else is going to. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, he's like, and, then he, and then he tells him he has a present for him, and he takes him out back and makes him smoke crack. Yeah, yeah. That, that did make <laughs> me laugh. Go to smoke crack with me, Let's run. We've got to run. Yeah. <laughs> that made me laugh. Um, <laughs> I, I think that's probably my scene of the movie on this watch is, uh, is that whole sequence. From, I did. I married my cousin. Scene, to, I had to rewind yeah. that. So he said that he said all of that, and I was like, <laughs> Because I hadn't, I hadn't yeah. turned the captions on at this point, and I was like, oh, I need to have the captions on. And if then I rewound that. Scene, cousin, I'm like, did he just say that? Did he just say that what I thought he just said? Yeah, that. Yeah, um, he did. <laughs> sure did. Um, and I do really like the way that going back to the quaaludes scene when they first take the quaaludes, and for whatever reason they think they need to work out to get the quaaludes to work. Like I don't know if yeah. it's because they want the blood flow. You would think that would be like the opposite because they worked out they would like sweat out the get the what. Get some blood yeah, pumping, but yeah. the that reminded me of May December because the way that that's filmed is there's all these mirrors and it's filmed like you see Margot Robbie come down the stairs mm. and she's like you see the reflection of her and I was just thinking of that scene in May December with all of the mirrors. Yeah, yeah, that, I like that that May December scene was very good. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Um. <laughs> right, anything else that we want to touch on? I, I've got everything. Um. Pretty. I was, mm-hmm. I mean, okay, so I said the the whole, the, my, my anti-Titanic thing. Well, there is also a scene where, um, he, I forget if he refers to himself or somebody refers to Jordan as a master of the universe, which mm-hmm. also goes back to Titanic because when they're at, they're at dinner, um, Rose says that the men now, they go off and have cigars and brandy and congratulate themselves on being masters of the universe. And I, mm-hmm. and I thought, like, this movie actually does tie back to Titanic a bit because, you know, Jordan, essentially he's like new money trying to pass for old money. And like the, the, you know, the new money people in this, in this case are actually like really terrible, (laughs) but I mean, the old money people are terrible too. But um, anyway, I don't know. I just thought about Titanic while watching this. Um, I did go, I did watch Titanic again uh, (laughs) since we watched it on the podcast. Nice. I went to see it in a theater. There was this art house theater here. Does they do a high tea cinema once a month, and so you go and you pay like twenty dollars and you get a movie ticket and tea and it's gone. And uh, and it was Titanic. So I went with a couple of friends, neither of whom had seen Titanic in many many years, and they both oh, commented. Yeah, they both commented on how well they thought it held up. And I was like, mm. I watched it forty five days ago, and I also think it held up very well. So, <laughs> anyways, off topic. Um, yeah. What kind of tea did you get? Uh, I don't know. I think it was, was it Earl Grey? It was just regular black tea. Okay. The scone was lemon poppy seed, in case you were wondering. Oh, yeah. It was good. Um, all right. Uh, Brennan, anything else you got? No. Um, I got a couple of good things I'm saving for one last thing, so there we go. All right. There we go. Yeah. All right. Well, let's hit the feedback section. We got a lot of feedback, uh, once again this week. Nice to see Alex O kicks us off. This has a really solid Scorsese, but not quite in his top tier for me, similar to the departed, um, really fun mm-hmm. performance from the headliners though. Four stars. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Solid. Yeah. Right. Uh, Ron writes in and says, what's not to love about things falling apart for a bunch of dodgy degenerates. Everybody involved was pretty much on point two five stars from the great Ron. Nice. Did things fall apart for Jordan though? At the end, it seems like he's doing all right. Man, he's no, he's not well, doing all right. He's a shitty motivational speaker. He's not in, in prison a, anymore. In a club. He's not in, in a, prison. In a freaking hotel. But he's it, in a freaking hotel 
ballroom talking to 50 people about how to sell a pen. 50 losers. And I also yeah. think, like, it seems like he, they took away most of his money. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I did. I do really like the the pen callback to the yeah. scene when they're when yeah. they're eating because it's like it's it's not something that they dwell on. They don't. I think other filmmakers might like flash back to that scene, right? Mm-hmm. Like they they trust their audience remembers something, which is like a pretty like you know insignificant line in the movie. I feel like right. that like you can like you could miss that line pretty easily and not recognize the callback in in the last scene. And I think especially on this rewatch, I was I like noticed it more. I, I, on the first watch of this, I wonder if I even like picked up on that they were calling back to that scene. Right. So, um, but to me, it's like, oh, see, he's just like going back to where he started, and like he can just build. He's just going to build back up from there. Um, mm. I, I mean, it's probably not what happened in real life, but Hard I do feel like it's that much money again. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. I think if 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 you're willing to do anything, I think you can. I guess, but the, but he like they're watching him now, right? Mm-hmm, true. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hopefully. Um, Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, all right. Moving on to Olin. He says, maybe one of the better Scorsese films glorifying male toxicity for long periods with brief interludes of down moments that didn't that don't do enough to counteract the overarching coolness of the antiheroes. Very well paced. I disagree um, with that. Yeah, sure. it doesn't glorify male toxicity. Yeah, he's not cool Scorsese at all. never does. I, no, I think that's a misconception. Uh, the three main wives were quite strong. And I like the poignancy of the breakup of Belfort's marriage. Um, mm-hmm. I'm assuming he's talking about the taking place the in front of. Megan was, yeah. Uh, oh, I, I mean, thought he was talking about breakups. it in front of. Yeah, yeah, both breakups are pretty, mm-hmm. pretty on point. That, that, I mean, the sex scene at the, is really, like, I do think, like, the, the, all the sex scenes yeah. are so demasculine, yeah. right? Like, the first sex yeah. scene, he lasts, like, 10 seconds. Um, <laughs> and he's just, like, a total fool. He's like, oh, like, was it good for you? And he's like, no, I did uh, not. No. <laughs> uh, and and so, like, I think, like, that also, like, shattering that, uh, you know, it's not glorifying him. It's making him look like a clown. Oh, he's pathetic. Yeah. He's yeah. absolutely pathetic. She's just, she, like, gives in so he'll go away, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think I think one of the biggest, like, things this movie does to show how self-deluded he is is it after the quaalude scene where he drives home yeah in his in his lamborghini and he's <laughs> like i can't believe i made it and then like the cops come the next morning and he, he's like oh yeah and the car was like the, yeah. i was completely deluded about how i got home and then because we get the, the car is a complete wreck, yeah. and yeah. he crashed into a bunch of car other cars and luckily he didn't kill anybody like it's um. yeah I do. I do really. That that scene is very good. When I think they that show, reveal is when really they show, great. like, because yeah. you, you see him drive back, you're like, oh, okay. He drove back. You see the car, and then you see, like, oh no, this is what actually happened. Um, yeah, I like yeah, that reveal a lot. Yeah. yeah. All right. Olin continues and says, DiCaprio was good. What is the point of Jonah Hill? Um, <laughs> Insanity. I thought yeah. Jonah Hill was like a great side yeah, character. Was, oh yeah, I think he was a really good side character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and he said he really enjoyed KJ Choi as Chester Ming. Um, yeah, he was good. That, I do yeah. love that the guy's name was Chester. I had that written down. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, and, and like, I feel like I don't know what I recognize KJ Choi from. Um, yeah, he does he, look familiar. Yeah. yeah so sure. looking at his letterbox, it's interesting. The only thing that I've really seen him in is he's in both Spider-Man Homecoming and Captain America First Avenger. Um, mm-hmm. In Captain America oh, is First he one of the, the soldiers? Yeah, yeah, right? He's in yeah. the Cap's. I think he's one of the soldiers, and then he's the principal in Spider-Man Homecoming. And I think, now that we're talking about it, I think it's that he plays the grandson of his character from Spider-Man. Oh, that's right. That is right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. It is. 
Because at first yep. I was like, wait, that's that like correct. also yeah. some sort of time travel. But no, he's I think he's playing like one character in Captain America yeah. and then a. Okay. And then a um, that's cool. Uh, I heard that. That's yeah. Grandson. But I, I feel like he must be on some show or something. Yeah, um, maybe. I don't know. He was he was Judge Ito in People versus O.J. Simpson. Ah. Uh, oh, the wait, the one like the one with Cuba Gooding Jr.? Yes. Yeah. OK, and, uh, that was a really good John show. Chimba. That was really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the OJ sons. So, uh, all right, back to Owen's email. Uh, he said, "Did enjoy the Euro pop and punk songs, um, and Berto Tozzi's original version of Gloria and Plastic Bertans uh, with Saplane pour moi." Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, the music in this is like very not Scorsese. So yeah, it wasn't as like needle droppy as a lot of his other films, and I actually kind of appreciated that. Like, and the needle drops that we got were not um, not Rolling Stones. Yeah, not over the top. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, all right. Owen's rating is a three. All right. Uh, Robbie writes in and says, I don't think this is the best Scorsese film. Probably Goodfellas, Raging Bull, or Taxi Driver. But I think it's my second favorite to rewatch right behind Goodfellas. So many great scenes and a wonderful Leo performance. Five stars for Robbie Smith. So there you go. Thanks. Yeah, that's interesting. He does like rewatching it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, like it, it does have like a the energy. It moves very. It it moves very well. Um, yeah. I think it's because there's not really a plot. Like the that's like it's just, what you're I was just kind of watching. Earlier. Yeah. Yeah. You're just like kind of watching Jordan's life over the years, mm-hmm. and it, so it is yeah. very similar to Killers of Flower Moon. That it's like two hours in, they're like, okay, here's a cop that's gonna come in and like ruin things for for yeah, our character. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, or save the world. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I said for our character. Hey, we finally introduced the good guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, do we ever? I'm sure there's a movie probably. Oh, and they're both the guy Chandler. from Friday Night Lights. Oh yeah, that's I was gonna oh, say. Yeah. Good point. And, uh, oh yeah, good point. Oh Yeah, Here comes a dude from Friday Night Lights to save the day. Mm-hmm. I like yeah. it. Uh, Jesse Plemons. Yeah. Uh, that's his except. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was like, I was what were they? Comment what they about Jesse Plemons' character when I won't. <laughs> uh, Jim Crumley says the Wolf of Wall Street did not hold up on reviewing for me. It felt like a knockoff version of the story that Scorsese told better three or four mm. times. Feels like the excesses are in this movie to try to cover up the fact that there's nothing new here. The acting is fine, but doesn't reach the heights of any of those other movies. The cinematography is good. The soundtrack is good. Yet altogether, the movie feels flat. Uh, still, it is well made. Three out of five. Jim's MVP of the movie is Rob Reiner, the bright spot of any scene that he is in. Uh, he is very fun. Yeah. Yeah. When, he's the, he's, good. when the equalizer gets interrupted. <laughs> when the equalizer gets interrupted, I laughed so hard. <laughs> so was the equalizer a show in the 80s? Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. Before because yeah, yeah. I just know it as the yeah. as the Denzel movie. It's, yeah. it's kind of funny too, because like if you think about Rob Reiner's career, because he was on All in the Family, right? And yep. this character is somewhat similar to Archie Bunker. You can imagine Archie mm-hmm. Bunker flipping out if somebody came to the door during his favorite show. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. Uh, I feel like mm-hmm. in my memory too, so two things before we move on. One is that I feel yeah. like in my memory that this whole story takes place in the eighties and it really doesn't like we're in the nineties so quickly into this movie. Um, and it's just like, it takes place a lot later than I, than I had remembered it taking place. Um, yeah, what is Steve Madden ninety two or something? Did yeah, yeah. We started. Yeah, I think we started eighty seven. So, yeah. Um, okay, eighty seven. Isn't that the year Wall Street came out? Yeah. Mm. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing I just want to add is uh, Jim's comments pretty much are in alignment with how I feel. Although I'm a little bit 
warmer to it than Jim, but like a lot of what he said are, are kind of the, the issues I had with the movie. I think Jim's comments are fair. I think they're fair. Yeah. I mean, it's just a matter of taste to think about, you know, yeah. how harshly you judge those comments. Like, is it, does, how how much does that affect your rating? You mm-hmm. know? Yeah. I just, I, I feel like on the first watch, there's so much more spectacle that you like, it's, it's one of those, like when you first see it, you're like, you're like more blown away, but then, I think like once you once you peel off that veneer, you you see like the the emptiness under it. Just yeah. like Jordan's sure. life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, intentional yeah. or not, it. it uh, yeah. And then, now he I now think, he has to live the rest of his life like a schnook. Yeah. <laughs> did did Jim say something about the cinematography? Somebody did. Yep. Was yeah, it, okay. Because I was gonna say too. I think this movie it like looks very glossy and shiny, which mm-hmm. is appropriate, right? For sure. Right. Uh, Travis writes it. It says this week was an easy five stars for me. I did not feel the lengthy runtime at all. I thought Leo's acting and the story were both phenomenal. My only criticism is the use of CGI in the yacht crash <laughs> scene. It does not hold up. So there you go. <laughs> I just thought of a great movie map. Mm-hmm. Or wait, maybe it's movie Atlas. On Golden Pond, boat crash. Uh, that is there a movie go. map. And also Titanic because mm-hmm. of the boat crash. It is. It, now that we're in year five, it is getting increasingly hard to remember what year we did. Like, I'm, we like, did I'm like, I'm like, oh, yeah. we did Goodfellas last year. And it's like, no, we did not. Like, Goodfellas was two yeah, years right. ago. Like it's, um, yeah, like certain movies. I'm like, wait, when I did... keep thinking we did Goodfellas last year. Yeah, I'm like, wait, I feel what? like year one. I'm pretty good at what movies we did in year one, but then beyond right. that, it's uh, it's a lot harder for me. So. Uh, that movie yeah. outlaw is becoming a movie galaxy. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yep. Movie solar system. Yeah. Movie solar yeah. system. Um, Except Pluto is no longer in the planets. Oh, man. Oh, poor Pluto. All right. And then uh, my brother Aaron closes us out and he says, one of the more glaring missed watches of the past decade for him, mm. uh, but I enjoyed this one quite a bit, was expecting it to be more obnoxious, but it's actually quite reserved in spots. Margot Margar- Robbie absolutely brings it and matches and perhaps surpasses Leo in this. Yeah, obviously a lot of people who like this movie miss the point of it, but there's a lot of, <laughs> but that's a lot of movies. Uh, yes, just taking shots yes, at yeah. movie watchers. Good job. Good job. Uh, well, he's, he's not wrong. And it, it's true. That's a, like, cause the, I think, you know, many people agree this is the movie Leo should have won this Oscar for. And the yep. fact that, you know, Mar- young Margot Robbie comes in and really holds her own with him. She like, I, I really, you know, she's very, very impressive. This the scene. I mean, like the scene that I I always think of with her, which I feel like is like the scene that always gets clipped, is like where she's she's sitting on the ground and she's pushing yeah. him back with yeah. her feet, and like the way that she's she's like just like teasing him. So it, mm-hmm. it really is effective. Like she does a great job. Oh like, yeah. You can see why he's just like tortured. Um, yep. Yeah. So uh, my brother continues. It says really well paced three hour movie. Uh, that Marty can make a picture. Four out of five. Ain't it the truth? There you go. Yeah. All right. Nice. Um, Megan. A, oh, God. Sorry. 4.14 from the listeners overall. So there you go. Yeah. Well, oh, oh. So it's a clapping reaction yeah, on the screen. I, I, had, I had the reaction. <laughs> I, had, I, guess, I guess that's good. I, do, I did a little clapping. <laughs> that was, to all that our was funny. I was like, whoa. <laughs> um, <laughs> I always forget that like that's possible to do <laughs> like, in yeah. these apps. Yeah. And like yeah. you can do it in Zoom, you can do it in Teams, you can do it on Skype, and every time I'm surprised. I'm like, whoa, there's clapping hands on the screen. Anyway. Oh no. Yeah. It's a good way. It's a good way in work meetings to show that you're paying attention. Yeah. You just give like a right, random right. thumbs up. Some, some, something you just get a thumbs up, and it's like, oh, all right, good. That person's paying attention. Hey, they're awake. Uh, yeah. 
All right. Well, with that, with after that clapping, hey. Megan, what is your score? <laughs> well, I guess I'll stick with my five. You can't go up by half a star. From no, I I've, I've reached my ceiling here. Um, but yeah, I, I do think, uh, you know, it's true that this does, that does, you know, repeat something Scorsese has done before, but I still think it's really, it's really great. And it's like, I do find it impactful, as I said, mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, the Leo performance is great. All the, all the actors are really, really good. Um, yeah, I don't know if I have uh, anything else to say about it. So. Do you? I can't. I, I think I ask you this every time you're on. But do you have a Scorsese ranking? Well, I, yeah, I don't think. Yeah, when I think about a ranking, I think of which ones do I most enjoy watching over and mm. over. Mm. And so I wouldn't put this in my top five. But mm-hmm. uh, you know, I think probably The Departed is number one. I do really love that and. Um, I also really, really love Gangs of New York. So. Yes. Um, the ones we haven't hit yet. I know. It's the. I think it's the only Leo Marty movie you haven't done, right? Uh, oh, oh, other, other than, than Killers, Killers of the Flower Moon. Moon. <laughs> Which could come um, up. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think we talked about this when we did The Aviator, too, that The Aviator mm-hmm. is, like, not not quite top tier, but it, we but, talked about right. that grading on a curve again, that for any anybody else, it would be, like, a total masterpiece. And for Scorsese, mm-hmm. it's like, well, it's pretty good. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's it, it's rating. This is why I I resisted ratings for so long because it's like, oh, I gave Skinnerink four stars, but like I'm gonna give like like Wolf of Wall Street is a better film than Skinnerink, but like right. I'm grading on a different on a curve. Um, it's a rating, not a ranking, bro. Yeah, it's just that I, I I struggle with that. Like, yeah, I, I feel like David Chen sometimes I'll read like comments to his letterbox reviews, and he'll have given something like three stars or something like oh you like this movie better you know like it's just like it's i mean there's only so many get over it yeah it's just just how you feel there's always Um, so many point values right that and i feel like i'm just the type of person who like a majority of my rating if you go back through like my ratings for this podcast a majority of them come between three and four and a half like i just am always in that meaty part of the curve uh yeah yeah and whereas i'm a notorious over Star well, and I am too. I mean, I, yeah, I'm but yeah, only given a handful of things under three stars. Like, even if I'm yeah, not, same, like, my thing is, if I watch a movie and like it's fine and I have nothing to say about it, I'll give it a three. Yeah, because <laughs> I'm like, yeah. yeah, you know, they made the movie, it was exactly. I, I, they the got it done. <laughs> rules of grading are so good. Like, the four, the four star thing <laughs> is such a great, like, yeah, I would rewatch that again. I would watch um, this movie again. Mm-hmm. And my five star rating is either a perfect film or a film that I love so much that I refuse to see its flaws. Mm. And mine is my five star. That's the one thing I have a rule for. And that's the warm fuzzies uh, in some way. I, mean, I guess it should just be the fuzzies because I did give like 20 days of Marple uh, five <laughs> stars and there are no warm fuzzies in there. Are no warm fuzzies no, in there. But it was yeah, just super yeah. impactful. Uh, mm-hmm. All right. Well, I've been talking a lot about my ratings, so I'm going to go next. Um, yeah, of course. And this movie is a half star less than Skinnerink. It is three and a half for me. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, but I, I I'm appalled. It, it it was a three coming into this discussion. I will say. Um, okay. I think that like what we talked about about the emptiness. Like I think that might be a feature, not a bug. Um, and so I appreciate that. I think like right. elements of this have aged really well. Margot Robbie, the fight in front of Trump Tower, like two things that in 2013 did not carry the significance that they carry now. Um, and I think. It did remind me of, of Mad Men. It was interesting to watch this after yeah. having watched Mad Men, after having watched Killers of Flower Moon, Goodfellas again. Um, 
I think yeah. the serious Jonah Hill, like Jonah <laughs> Hill being a serious actor thing yeah. has aged yes. really well um, <laughs> in this era of Jonah Hill. Like, yeah, because yeah. what was Moneyball was 2011, I believe, yeah. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, what is what has Jonah Hill done recently? I mean, he's kind of been being a bit of a douchebag, I think. Yeah, yeah. basically. He, yeah. Got, he got skinny and then got unskinny and got skinny again. There's like, the whole thing his with documentary like, he does it. He yeah. did last year about his therapist was pretty good. Yeah. Well, he directed mid 90s also. Yeah. There's been some like follow up stuff with the therapy stuff that oh, really? I think is not so interesting. I, I don't know. Okay. What was his documentary about his therapist? Just about. Basically. What was it called? <laughs> yeah, it was basically about his therapist. But oh, how he helped him. Stutz. In a candid conversation Stutz. with actor Jonah Hill, leading psychiatrist Phil Stutz explores his early life experiences unique. That's interesting. I've never heard of this. Yeah. I would check this out. It Maybe. came out around would... the same time as the Robert Downey Jr. one that he did about his dad. Mm, okay. okay. Those both dropped right around the same time on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. The RDJ one I really, really loved. He, that was really good. Nice. Yeah. All right. Um. All right, yeah, but with that said, um, with that little with that little non sequitur, um, I do not think this is a perfect film. I do think that this is a really well crafted film that executes on its premise, and that's an important thing for a high score. Um, I think the performances are fantastic. I think that there's plenty to criticize for sure, but it a lot of those criticisms sort of marty made this movie knowing he was gonna get them and was like come at me yes this is exactly what i'm going for and if you can't see what i was going for then i don't know how to help you and tell you how to watch my movies Mm -hmm. um and for that i like commend him you know what i mean like (laughs) it's true at a certain like what more can you do at a certain point exactly aside from like hanging a sign on his neck that says i'm a bad guy i'm an idiot yeah i'm a fucking idiot yeah mm So I'm going to give this a four and a half. Um, I'm going to give this exactly what I gave Big Short last week. Um, I both of both of them, I think, have a lot of the same general dynamic qualities that make both films really shine and then lead to a really great discussion like this where we can pick apart the things that we really didn't understand. You know what I mean? Or didn't work as well, but still appreciate the film overall. Um, So I'm going to give it a four and a half. Uh, So that's going to put us at a 4.285, which will be a four, just high enough, Megan, for it to be Mm -hmm. four and a half on Letterboxd. And what did, um, what did Departed get? Do you have that in front of you? Departed was a four and a half from me, a five from you, and a five from our guest, and it is a 4.825. Okay, so it's higher. inverted. It's a dyslexic yeah. score. Of, all right. <laughs> of well, it's all a numbers street. game. Uh, yeah, s- exactly. sell, on, sell high. Um, and yeah. I realized that we skipped over box office when we got into feedback. So That's right. um, well, box there. office. This is, this is a surprise to me. No, Desolation of Smog was the number oh, one. Oh, Really? No. In, yep. in its third week of release. Um, Frozen was number two. Anchorman 2, number three. Yep. American Hustle might be a movie map for some people, number four. And then this movie debuted at number five, which is a Scorsese and Leonardo DiCaprio movie debuting at number five is surprising to me. Well, it's not all that surprising that people didn't want to see this at Christmas, I think. (laughs) Um, My family went to see this at Christmas a couple days after we saw American (laughs) Hustle. And uh, I recall coming out of the theater after having seen both going, 
I thought American Hustle was better than Wolf of Wall Street. I you now what? take that back. Yeah, I think rewatched both within the last year. Yeah, you know, I was I, wrong. I was wrong in 2013. I can admit that I was wrong. Yeah, I I think I did this. I saw this one on on yeah. Boxing Day. That's December 26th for mm-hmm. you Americans, and then I saw American Hustle on the 27th, which is my birthday. Yeah. Which I wonder why I didn't go see the Leo Marty movie on my birthday. Maybe I just wanted to see it first. Anyway, but I think you're. I think at the time I might have liked American Hustle more. But then, the shine of American Hustle I thought wore off very quickly because oh, there was that did. there was that whole discourse about like, do people really like this movie or are they just being told they like this movie? And I was like, mm. you know what? That's true. I'm kind of being told. Yeah. <laughs> I think American Hustle too is like in the theater the spectacle of like what you saw. Um, like, yeah. I feel like the twists and stuff like it's it, it, it's one of those movies that, like when you see it for the first time like there are there are just those movies you walk out of the theater like, that was really good and then upon like either sitting with it or revisiting it you're like oh actually maybe I was a little too high on that um yeah. I think it, at least for me that was because I really liked American Hustle when I saw it in theaters um I do have my movie ticket from this when I saw so I saw this all the way in January January 17th of well, 2014 so I did not see it when it first came out I do think like probably the runtime. I, I feel like that was probably like people talked a lot about how long this movie was before it came out. And that might also contribute to it opening at number five. Mm-hmm. Um, other movies that uh, this came out the same week as something else that we've done on this podcast. Um, something else that we did last year, actually American hustle. No, that's yeah. American hustle have been out for um, three weeks. Oh, this Wolf Wall Street came out the same week as secret life of Walter Mitty, which oh. was a oh. box office. Nice. Yeah, that's right. Probably did talk about the Yeah, that was a good movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I want to watch uh, that again. Mm-hmm. Just looking to see if anything else. Dallas Buyers Club is in the theater still. It's so at number twenty-five. Yeah. Um, August Osage County also came out. Three movies yeah. that came out Ooh. this week. We've covered on this podcast. Nice. Um, yeah, August Osage County all the way. That was only in five theaters though, and that was way down at number thirty-one. So not the wide release, but Mm-hmm. Um, and I also looked up Oscar stuff. So this was nominated for Best Picture. Scorsese nominated yep. for Best Director. Uh, McConaughey did beat Leonardo DiCaprio, but McConaughey won for Dallas Buyers Club for Best that's Actor. That's um, not right. And that's, well, that's just not right. It's, mm-hmm. It is accurate. Jonah uh, uh, nominated yeah. for Best. It's that's wrong on like a moral level. Yes. It's factually <laughs> it is correct. Not, it is not something that I got wrong on this podcast. <laughs> Terrence Winter was nominated for Best Adapted Screenplay. Have you Mm. read the book? None of you have read the book. No, no, no. no. Um, Mm. And I think that's all the all the major ones, right? Um, Did you say Jonah Hill was nominated? He was. I did. Yep. Okay. Um, I was looking to see about editing, but he lost to Jared Leto. um, That maybe hasn't aged very well. Mm, Yeah, definitely not. Um, Although both those guys are kind of like I don't know. Jared Leto should be canceled. Jonah Hill is like low level canceled, I think. Um, this movie is not nominated for cinematography, Jim. Sorry. Hmm. So. But I'm sure Thomas Schoonmaker was nominated, right? She was not. No. I, that's what oh, I was really? Yeah. Nope. Oh, not. that's surprising. Gravity, American Hustle, Captain Phillips, Dallas Buyers Club, and Twelve Years a Slave were nominated for Best Editing. Huh. So, um, all right. Uh, here are the movie. Megan. Well, I mean, I think you have to go with Leo, but I'm also going to go with Margot Robbie, though, because, there you, go. you know, there good you go. for her. Good for her. This could be in the good for her cinematic universe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There you go. Um, 
And I do think, like, again, people watching this now are going to appreciate that role a lot more than I think at the time. People didn't know who she was. So, uh, Brendan, how about you? Uh, I want to. Hmm, it's really hard. Uh, I'm going to give it to Marty. I, I think he gets a lot of shit from this movie that he doesn't deserve. Um, you know, and I agree with what your brother said about people just not understanding how to watch movies sometimes. Mm-hmm. And. Marty has given us so much. Like, mm-hmm. I, I got to give it to Marty on this one. Nice. He um, never deserves to get shit for anything. <laughs> yep. In my opinion. Yeah. Um, I I was going to give it to him as well. I'll give it to Jonah Hill just to be different. I think Jonah Hill surpassed Leo um, just in performance. I think, like, Leo, Leo is, you know, you're with Leo a lot of the movie. He's not bad, but there's just times where his acting is just a little, like, surreal, yep. weird. I don't know. But, again. And Jonah be- Hill isn't. <laughs> I, I just yeah, oh, yeah, bought it more is. from Jonah Hill. I think because Jonah Hill's kind of a weirdo. Like yeah, Leo's, that's true. I, I don't know. <laughs> and Leo is weird, but I I feel like Leo is uh I don't know. Leo is kind of giving weird. it to Jonah Hill. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, and connections. So obviously, like everything we talked about with uh you know financial system, stockbrokers, Wall Street um, stocks, Wall Street et cetera, et cetera. narration. Um, is there anything, anything to connect to last week that we haven't brought up that any of you have to Big Short? I do feel like I have a very good title connection. Um, I have one, too, that a listener submitted, but I'll wait. Yeah. Oh, right. Yes. Okay. Is it the um, Big Wolf? Yep. What is, yeah, what's, is that the one? What was the listener suggested one, Brennan? I was going to. Okay. I can give it to Dude, you now. Yeah. Um, yep. yeah. Okay. Uh, Travis Payne DM'd me and said, uh, that he thought that our title connection should be breaking the fourth Wall Street. Yeah, that was the same one I had. I wrote that. Yeah, the too. same oh, one yeah. you had. Yep. You're such a liar. I, I know. I swear to <laughs> God, I'll show you in my. I'll show you my notes. I, I, I do I, not I had, believe. I had you. that, and then I wondered if it should just be breaking, uh, or if it should just be the fourth Wall Street, because I wondered if breaking the fourth Wall Street was too long. But yes, I had that same. Yeah, it should be breaking the fourth Wall Street. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I wrote that title connection go. down when we when we did get the broken fourth wall, and I'm like, oh, we get that in both movies. So good job, Travis. Same wavelength. Yep, there you go. Wow. Two well, I wanted to. I think uh, last week, um, I believe Travis referred to me as a fan favorite guest. Oh yeah. I, I just so. wanted to say, Travis, I appreciate you, man. Aww. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, you're definitely the most frequent guest. Um, and I think I was like, favorite. am I a fan favorite? That's nice. <laughs> One of these days, I'm gonna go and count how many. Uh, like, it's just if we could just put that in the letter. I have the letterbox stats for us. I just that you aren't on letterbox, so I can't. You I can't log this. People. You should I, be able oh. to tag people in your review. I'm on Letterboxd. Yeah. What are you talking? No, about? but I mean on the letterbox when I go to movie ladder. Like oh, you mean letter- I don't have a credit on Letterboxd? Yes. Because oh, you I need me to be in a movie. Like, <laughs> I can see like Joseph P. Reedy is our most watched associate director or assistant director. Right. Uh, right, right. And like Frank Marshall is our wo- most watched producer. But it would be nice if it said Megan Librarian is your most guested guest at X number. Uh, <laughs> most guest. And yes, guest. you should be able to tag people in Letterbox reviews, Brennan. That was one of the things Later. we had in our uh, improving Letterbox segment at the end of last week's podcast. If Very true. Yep. Yeah. Uh, all right, connections to other movies from this year. I think yes. this is the, for the first time this, well, not the first time, but we're not circling back to anybody. Cast Leo one. was uh, in yeah, the we are. Leo was in the fucking yeah. party. It was go. the yeah, first movie we did this year. Just kidding. Thank you. It was yeah. Scorsese. Yeah, we circled right. back to Scorsese. Yeah, right, and all right, all right, all right. It's late. Um, <laughs> 
fucking departed. It's dark out. Okay. Uh, yes. Okay. Good. We did circle back to obviously we did. We, we, did. Back, so um, yes. uh, we had Trump Tower showing up again, just like in the other guys. We also had a Foo Fighters song showing up in this, just like in the other oh, guys. Yeah. We we had incest, like we had <laughs> in Chinatown. I feel really bad for bringing it up. <laughs> <laughs> And, spoil, and spoil, spoiling spoiling Chinatown. Uh, skip ahead. <laughs> oh um. But I wrote it down, damn it. <laughs> Very different like yeah. tone. This is like yeah. funny incest. Yeah. <laughs> that was like harrowing incest. What do we call Game of Thrones incest? That's like epic incest. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Twin cest, I think. Twin the uh, mistreatment of women we had yep. in Nice Guys with the porn stars, um, also Devil in Blue yeah. Dress as well. Yeah, so. uh, we yeah we had the whole investigative angle with um you know in American Gangster with and and drugs in American drugs. Gangster and drugs, drugs. And departed yeah so yeah. many drugs yep <laughs> so many drugs. Um, all right, um, and as I said, ninth time appearing for. Uh, for Martin Scorsese, not time appearing for Leonardo DiCaprio, who now ties Tom Cruise for the, our most watched actor on this podcast. Uh, also, shout out Velma Schoomaker for her eighth appearance. Nice. Love so, it. Yeah, I mean, she did not edit Mean Streets, right? Yeah, that's she's the... uh, she's always paired with Marty. So, <laughs> yep. um, that's the one that we missed. Yep. Uh, and I think I don't think there's any other actors that we've had a bunch of times. Although I do think Shea Wiggum has popped up. I think three times now. Yeah. Um, Yes, I liked I I like seeing him in this. Yeah, mm-hmm. I forgot that he popped up in this as the yeah. captain. Yeah, it's so random, and his his so performance random. is actually really like he's like re- seems really out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> the It seemed like, like he didn't know yeah, what movie yeah, he was yeah, in, kind yeah, of waves, like yeah. like he just walked off the. It was like he just walked off the set of Boardwalk Empire yeah, into this maybe movie. Maybe that's what happened. Like yeah, mm-hmm. must have been a really late night for him. Yes. Did you um, notice when they were what were, they were watching the Equalizer and Steve Buscemi was in the episode? No. What's he getting? Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> That's really funny. Um, yeah, and I think uh, we had Margot Robbie in About Time and also in, obviously, I don't think we said that as a connection to last week, but Margot Robbie showing up in Big Short as well. Oh, right, yeah. Um, connection to last week. Um, and, yeah, movie map. Yep. I had There Will Be Blood. Okay. Yeah. I, thought about I that. wrote or Titanic. Uh, yeah, yeah, I wrote American Hustle and Titanic. Um, obviously, American Hustle because of the weekend it came out. And mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, I think American Hustle just because they're they're like such twin movies. They're connected through Oscar mm. stuff and yeah, um, I think, both through like that for like the kind of forgery and image stuff in both movies. But I think There Will Be Blood has the you know capitalism and mm-hmm. it's such a strong Very like true. central performance. Yep. Um, also, yeah, lots icon of, of horribleness. To animals. We talked a lot about animals, and there will be blood too. How he's like appears like a wolf, uh, especially in that last scene. How Daniel like is like such a predator. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so, yeah. So I had that one written down as well. Also, a co-star of Gangs of New York. Oh, true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. All right. And uh, one last thing. Nice. Uh, well, go ahead. Do you want to go? Well, nah, saying, go literal it. last thing is I was mm. thinking about the I told you guys to think you about did. your favorite last <laughs> scenes of Scorsese movies because I do I feel like this ending is a real gut punch. And I started thinking about this the last time, not this time, but the last time I watched it about how so many of his movies have that last shot that like the aviator, you know, where he's just repeating yep. the way of the future. And it's mm-hmm. it's devastating. And then like, um. 
Goodfellas has a great final shot. I the love Taxi the Driver. Yeah. yeah, Taxi Driver is a really interesting final shot. Uh, Raging Bull. Bull. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Silence also has a pretty interesting final shot. Shutter mm-hmm. Island has a real gut punch of an ending. The Irishman. Yep. The last shot of The Irishman is just devastating. So, yeah. And Last Temptation of Christ. Mm-hmm. Terrific last shot so yeah the man knows how to end a movie yeah Indeed. uh killer's flower moon is the one that came to mind i think Killers, yep, yes. bias. because sure. like it's just but it, it does though when you brought that up i was almost like do i need to go on youtube and look for like a video of all the last shots of his movies because i couldn't <laughs> like none were coming to mind immediately besides killer flower moon and raging bull well yeah i think i don't know i find a lot of them are really really mad but the irishman is one that the first i yeah. think maybe not the first time i watched that movie but the second time i was like oh my gosh this is so yeah. so sad mm-hmm. and I'm, i was trying to think what's the last shot of the age of innocence i couldn't remember but is he is it him sitting on the street outside her apartment maybe? it is yeah yeah because that's also really sad because his son <laughs> has gone upstairs and he's like yes. he, he starts to walk away and he's like I'm like, oh my god, are we gonna get a Doctor Zhivago where he just collapses? Yeah, like yeah. And yeah. then and the taxi it's driver. Really sad. Yeah, it is, uh, and like taxi driver where Travis's eyes flick up mm. to the mirror, kind of, which is very like unsettling on some level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, it. I don't know. I was. It's, I. It's, very it's good. really like because there's so you know it. That's really like when you watch a movie, and you're like, oh, this is really good, and it has like a disappointing ending. It's so. It leaves you with a bad taste, right? And then I think a mm-hmm. really good ending also can elevate a movie. Yep. Um, yep. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I agree. It was something I was thinking about. Mm-hmm. Um, nice. Yeah, uh, Irishman, I feel like I have very mm-hmm. little memory of. It would be interesting to rewatch that at some point. You should watch it again. It's a masterpiece. Yeah. Also, it's it, <laughs> it's interesting that everybody always talks about how long the Irishman is, and it's three minutes longer than uh, <laughs> Killer's Flower Moon. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, I mean, and this one is three hours, too. Mm-hmm. Well, it's just the age that we live in now where people I guess. are like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, Brennan, you got a one last thing? Yeah. So I thought I'd bring in some of the uh, real world uh, reactions to this film from the people who are portrayed in it. Uh, Jordan mm-hmm. Belfort said that the film's depiction of himself and Stratton Oakmont, that it did an excellent job at describing the quote unquote overall feeling of those years, adding that the camaraderie, the insanity, that was accurate. Of his drug use, Belfort said that his actual habits were, quote unquote, much worse than what is depicted in oh the Oh my film. God. Yeah. <laughs> That's upsetting. I do think like, when, when you bring <laughs> yeah. up the camaraderie, I think of the yeah. scene with them all at the conference room table. It's a gif. It's like, this one is very difficult. There's one so one many gifs from this. But yeah, the, 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 like when they're all pounding the table, um, and the gif where where Leo's biting his like knuckle, right? Yeah. Like that yeah. that you, I see that used yeah. on Twitter a lot. Obviously, like the, the "I'm not leaving" is used on Twitter all the time. Um, I and like actually, the one of his breakdancing. Yeah, just today, um, I sent Brendan a tweet from like a betting account that I follow that was like yeah. something about like filing your taxes for your betting winnings, and it's the clip of of uh, <laughs> Jordan running away from the FBI at the end of that video um, when he got the helicopter. I was like, like it, I was like, oh, that's, yeah. that's well timed. Um, when yeah, so I, I this is a very jiffable movie. 
at the end of my workday today, I was like, I was very, very, my brain felt dead. I was like, oh God, I have to, I go on the podcast. And I was like joking with one of my colleagues over Teams. And I was like, you know what Jordan Belfort would do in this situation? <laughs> Lots of cocaine. And she was yeah, like, maybe don't do that. But yeah, I, in our like office teams, we actually have gifts. <laughs> and yeah. There was the gif of, uh, of Leo, like making that crazy face like oh uh, where he's yeah. like roaring yeah, <laughs> so yeah, yeah i posted that as i left work <laughs> right. uh a yeah, if couple anybody ever did things. cocaine before hosting the podcast then you would probably have to turn the speed down from one and a half to like <laughs> half of like 0.5x there you go uh, a couple more things I wanted to hit on. Uh, in September of 2022, Nadine Melchuso, Belfort's ex-wife on whom the character Naomi was based, said that the depiction of Belfort and their relationship was accurate and that she hopes to educate people on signs of domestic abuse mm. and toxic relationships. Because I think, so, and doesn't, didn't he claim that he never hit her? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He did he not. According to this research, yes. Yeah. And then, uh, See, there was one more. Uh, the, so Donnie, the character of Donnie was based on a real person, but they had to change his name hmm. um, from the real person <laughs> to Donnie because of threats of a lawsuit hmm. by the I, real person imagine. in Belfort's back books. That's so, so weird. Yeah, there you go. So those are the three <laughs> that I had. Yeah. <laughs> I kept writing down Paul in my notes about Donnie. Um, oh, yeah. I think Paul is, Paul is his character. Oh, no, he's not. Paul isn't even his name in, in Moneyball. I have no idea why I was calling him Paul. Weird. Okay. Uh, Peter Brand in Moneyball. Um, yep. All right. Brand. Uh, my That's one last thing. You brought up Benny Hanna earlier, and it is owned by, I don't remember the guy's name, but something Aoki. Yeah, Aoki, yeah. 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 Aoki. His son, Steve Aoki, is like a very famous DJ. Um, yep. Yeah. Just randomly. So it's like he's like a Nepo baby who became a famous DJ. So it's funny that, that his father was like wrapped up in all of the um, shenanigans in this movie. There you go. Yep. That's, <laughs> that's 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 one of those real world people that were affected by this. <laughs> yeah. Steve A- DJ Steve Aoki. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, shall we find out what we're gonna be watching next week? Episode two seventeen. Uh, yep. Will okay. it be another Scorsese movie? Will it be the Letterbox Point? It will not be the Letterbox Point because the Letterbox Point is Boogie Nights. Yeah, Woo-hoo. I noticed that. It's kind of surprising the Boogie Nights is the number one most similar movie on Letterboxd. Yeah, tracks. I don't tracks. know. I mean, like, I would have thought like Wall Street or something. The amount yeah, of drugs and debauchery and tracks. I would have thought. I would have thought um, Wall Street as well. All right. Well, once we do pick our movie, send in your feedback at Ladder Movie on Twitter and Instagram, movieladdergmail.com, and send in the next movie off of that. Any any suggestions, comments, um, ratings, all that. All right. Alex O leads us off and says another film with Margot Robbie surrounded by zany cartoonish characters, the Suicide Squad, the Mm. Suicide Squad. So the second one, the the Uh, good one. No, the bad one. No, the good one. The good one. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. One is the good one. The good-ish one. I don't. I don't. The better. The better one. Yes, that's there. You go. The better one. Another film with Margot Robbie surrounded by zany cartoonish characters, Babylon. And I was like, film. is Zach freaking out? He just read the same thing again, but now I understand. <laughs> <laughs> You're glitching. Uh, another <laughs> film with Margot Robbie surrounded by zany cartoonish characters. Our guess? Barbie? Barbie, yes. Who goes Barbie. to Dynamite? <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Yep. Um, Good job. All right. Alex. Jim Crumley, how about we get away from NYC, but staying on the Oscar train with Dances with Wolves? The two films share two crew members. Hmm. Okay, I... I 
Is there another connection? <laughs> no, it's just other yeah. than, other than Oscar. I mean, he, he is, he is going with Oscar month, so that's good. He's going with Oscar month. Do you think month, we watched Killers of the Flower Moon this week? Oh, maybe. Yeah, he's just <laughs> skipping a week. It's like he's when skipping you're, a week. It's when you're going up the stepladder and you're feeling, you're feeling oh, yeah. really ambitious Let's, and you just... Oh, and you accidentally two, miss a step. You do two <laughs> steps instead of one. I've done that. Yeah. And you almost break your ankle. Yep. I did that yes. once at work. I was in the vault where we keep the mm-hmm. rare books and we have these like um, step stool things to get up to high shelves. And I missed the bottom step. And I was like, oh, my God, if mm-hmm. I had like cracked my head, I could have lain here for weeks without anybody coming in. Anyway. Um, yes. Also, Jim is yelling at his phone right now. Jim, You're all Jim done. Got, Jim got over. The connection over is the connection is Wolf. Dances oh. with wolves and wolves on Wall Street. <laughs> we're idiots. <laughs> yeah. All right. Sorry, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're idiots. I, I didn't absolutely have, did not get that. I didn't have the Jack Nicholson, you know, film wolf written down in my notes. He, you know, I almost wrote spell, that down. He didn't spell it out for us, kind of like how Scorsese didn't necessarily spell out that, like, yeah, 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 yeah. these guys. <laughs> so, God, um, yes. I realized that as I just was, as we were sitting here, we're like, oh, I don't know what the connection is. It's Oscars. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe our title connection can be "What's the connection?" <laughs> Next. <laughs> what is Jim talking about? Yeah. All right. Moving on to Ron. He says the Gecko of Wall Street. Wall Street, 1987. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. From Leo the Wolf to Leo versus a Bear, The Revenant. Mm-hmm. Leo, Marty in New York, Gangs of New York. There you go. Nice. Robbie has Django Unchained. Great Leo performance. The Revenant, great Leo performance. And mm. and Jonah Hill is in Django Unchained, right? Um, I think you're right. I believe so. I think so. Maybe I think he is very briefly. Uh, yeah, it's not like a big role, but. Um, Sorry, yep, oh, Revenant. Okay. It, it's interesting that like Wolf of Wall Street is the number one most popular movie on Letterboxd for like most of these actors. Hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It's just not like I think it's the most. It is the most popular. No, Inception is the most popular for Leo, but it's the number one most popular for Jonah Hill. Hmm. Um. And it is the number one most popular for Scorsese. Oh, that is interesting. The letterbox ra- rankings of popularity for Scorsese are Wolf of Wall Street, Shutter Island, Taxi Driver, and Goodfellas are his top four. Wow. Shutter Island. Yeah. I don't know. Random. Maybe. But I don't know how those are ranked. Like, it's ranked by popularity of letterbox users. I think oh. it's the most watches, right? I don't know if it's the most. It might be the most watches. But it's, just, it's just their popularity ranking. Maybe it's I mean, some kind of algorithm of watches and rating. Yeah. Also, maybe it's yeah. that Scorsese is just logging uh, those two movies a lot since he's a Letterboxd user. He he logs his own movies, you think? Yeah. He's he's sitting in his house watching Shutter Island over and over. <laughs> he's like, well, I don't understand it. He's like, I appreciate the layers and the performances. Um, another tip for Letterboxd. shaking his head. It would be great. And maybe they already factored this in. But I also think, like, the amount that you're in the movie should factor into popularity. Because if you have, like, a, like mm. that Jonah Hill shouldn't be shouldn't have Django Unchained super high on his list because he's yeah, better no. in the movie, right? Like, it's a yeah. small role. So, that's mine. And, well, sometimes they do change that because I noticed, like, at one point I had watched, you know, 29 Samuel L. Jackson movies and then suddenly I had only watched 28. Mm. And they, like, took out... Um, I forget if it was Goodfellas or there's some other movie that he's in for like two seconds. Uh, um, um, Menace to Society, maybe. Mm. And yeah, anyway. Yeah, I so think they do. They also, if it's it. an uncredited role, I think that that also they do that sometimes. Um, yeah. All right. Uh, moving on. Olin has some. He has Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Massive, massive homage by Scorsese to this comedy classic. If you've seen both, you know, might be spoilery otherwise. It's not that spoilery. 
What's what the homage? It? It's I I don't think it's an intentional homage, but basically when he when he gets busted filming the infomercial. That's oh, like the ending. The ending. I yeah, mean, I that's guess. the ending of Monty Python. See, and the I always forget the ending of Holy Grail because yeah. it's so random. I think exactly. It is very <laughs> random. I don't know that it's an intentional homage, but you know. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. That can be our first question when we have Scorsese on the podcast. Yes, exactly. <laughs> he might be the new fan favorite. If we have Scorsese on the podcast, he might surpass you, Megan. I mean, <laughs> I wouldn't blame anyone yeah. for. <laughs> Uh, next on his list, the artist recognized Jean Dujardin's oh. voice immediately from yeah. this BAFTA and Oscar-winning mm. role. No joking. Uh, only Academy Best Picture winner to be centered on filmmaking. Uh, who did he play? In? He's the main Wait. guy in the artist. He's the main guy. Oh, Jean Dujardin is the Swiss yeah. banker. Oh, he's a Swiss banker. Okay. Got I me. was actually like, when I was watching this movie, I kept thinking how handsome Jean, Jean Dujardin is. I was like, oh, yeah. he's really. And he's in all those coffee commercials with George Clooney. He's, seen, he's, he's far more handsome than George Clooney, in my opinion. Nice. All right. Um, and Trading Places, film focuses on malpractice of, sc- of stockbrokers, opening scene of Bartlett leaving home, uh, leaving home very similar to the introduction of the Dukes, better recognized at the BAFTAs with Jamie Lee Curtis and Denholm Elliott nominated, only Elmer Bernstein's score nominated by the Oscar Academy. Yeah, so. there you go. Um. Did, he said Bartlett. Did he mean I Belfort? I think he needs Belfort. I think okay. he needs Belfort. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, who's uh, President Bartlett? Who is this? Um, yeah. All right. Anyways, trading, yeah. trading places. Yeah. Uh, Travis has Wall Street is the easy answer this week, and I would be happy with that selection. However, I will submit Gangs of New York. I believe it is uh, one of the only Scorsese Leo movies you have yet to do. Well, Indeed. one of two. Uh, and it is set in New York. Both movies also have Oscar nods with without wins for actor, screenplay director, and best picture. Mm-hmm. And uh, he also submitted his title connection. Yes, that is our first listener submitted title connection, I believe. So uh, nice. Yeah. No, you is that right? It doesn't sound so. right, but sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, you know, we've done 216 of these. They blend together. <laughs> um, Tra- Travis breaking the fourth wall as a listener submitting his title connection. Yep. Uh, and then my brother Aaron has Molly's game, which I hmm. responded to him and said. At first, I thought you meant Gerald's game, which is very yeah. different than Molly's game. Um, Honestly, that could be a connection, too. Which sure. Yeah. And uh, thank you for smoking. It's his other one. The connection to both of these is corruption told from the first person perspective. There you go. Yep. Yeah. All I like right. Like and Megan, the librarian, you get to go first. OK. Hey, nobody took anything off my list. So exciting. Wow. 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 I thought they'd all be. T- OK, so I have uh, Hustlers, which is, I believe, it's mm. sort of a female uh, version of this. Very, very influenced by Scorsese. Okay. Uh, I love yep. Hustlers. I've been on my, it's one of the older movies on my watch list, been on there for a while. Yeah, it's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, Raging Bull, because yep. it's an unflattering biopic of an abusive man. Yep. Um, basically, that's it. Um, yeah. <laughs> great, Ga- great Gatsby. I feel like I suggest this movie a lot, but Leo and he's got, you know, ill gotten gains and he lives in a big house on Long Island. Yep. That's one I feel like we've done, and I know we haven't. But it I, did watch, it. Like I did watch it last year when I read the book. Yeah. Or reread the book. Yeah. And, um, yeah, Killers of the Flower Moon. Yep, had yep. that on my list. I'm surprised yeah. none of the listeners suggested that. Yeah, I think it's, uh, you know, and I was, until this movie, I would say that all of the Leo characters in the Scorsese movies had been pretty sympathetic. Um. 
this one he is the first time where you're like, wow, he sucks. And then Killers of the Flower Moon is that to the extreme where you're like, this guy is the worst human being of all time. Mm. So I feel like there's somebody in that movie who's worse well, than him. Okay, yes. maybe. Second worst. <laughs> but he's pretty fucking bad. Yeah. And it's about, you know, white people and capitalism and how much that mm-hmm. sucks. Mm-hmm. Yep. Sure. And then I have also I, Tanya, starring mm-hmm. oh, I had that. The, great, the great Margot Robbie. It's a biopic about someone who was very ambitious and yep. did some unethical things. And I believe she breaks the fourth wall in that as well. And yeah, don't, I think she does, yeah. I think she I was going to say fourth wall. And also, uh, we, haven't even t- we didn't mention his name, but Ethan Supley, I think, is in both. Oh, yeah. Actually, he is might he? not be in it. No, it's who's it? Paul, uh, Paul Walter House. Paul Walter House. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 So. They do kind of look similar. They do. Not a, not anymore. Ethan Suppley looks less like him now, but yeah. I like seeing Ethan Suppley. He's a good Always makes me think of the butterfly effect. And I don't want your live varsity blues. Oh, true. Yeah. He doesn't say that line, but you know. Mm-hmm. Um, Wait, Ethan Suppley was in varsity blues? Isn't no, he? No, he wasn't. No, no, no? he's not. Who am I making Paul Walter Hauser? <laughs> no, <Yeah. laughs> he's not. No, he's not. But he was sure? in Marats. What am I thinking of? Now I have to look him up. You're um, thinking of the guy, the, the, yeah. There's another large gentleman on, that was in varsity. Boys. Not Spoonman, not Mike Mitchell. So it's not Mike Mitchell. Oh, uh, he was, yeah. Am I mixing it up with Rem- Remember the Titans? He was in that. Um, yeah, he is in, yeah, he is in yeah. Remember the Titans. Yeah, you're he's also, he didn't, it didn't get yeah. mentioned, but he is, I don't remember who he plays, but he apparently he's in Babylon as well. Is he? Mm-hmm. Yep. He plays Wilson in Babylon. I don't, I don't remember, remember that. that. Nope. All right. I get to go next. Yep. Uh, Wolf of Wall Street, Gangs of New York, Killers of Flower Moon, all taken off my list. Do you guys think, and it might be answered if we do Killers of Flower Moon, because they will both, or Gangs of New York, because they'll both be. Uh, but which one is going to hit the 10-timers club first, Scorsese or Leo? It's a tie. To, if you had it's to guess. It's a tie, so they would both hit it at the same time. Right. If we, did if we didn't do one of those movies, if oh. we don't do <laughs> Gangs of New York or Killers of Flower Moon next week. Which one in the future do you think will hit the 10 timers club first, Scorsese or Leo? Scorsese. Mm, I have to think about this for a second. What other Leo movies are there? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> great Gatsby. Scorsese. Scorsese. Great Gatsby. Yeah. And um, Jay Edgar. Are you probably the Beach. Yeah. Don't do yeah. that. Uh, um, yeah, the Beach. Some of these might be on my list. So stop. Diamond. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Some of these might be okay. On my well, list. you guys don't have to pick, but I just think <laughs> it'll be interesting if we don't pick a movie with both of them. It probably makes more sense that if it one of them is would gonna... be Scorsese, I guess. Yeah, oh, I have a couple Scorsese movies on my like to watch list for this podcast that do not have Leo in them. Um, aren't on my list though, because I don't have any other Scorsese movies on my list. But I have First Man biopic. Um, it is time period period piece to biopic. Also has Kyle Chandler and Shea Wiggum in it. Nice. Um, and it has Ken, not Barbie. My next one, we talked about a lot about Mad Men. We have a character in this named Mad Max. We have a Mad Max sequel coming out this year, so Fury Road. So um, basically just the Mad Max character was the connection. Um, although that movie's also about excess and how much is enough. Um, capitalism. Wait, are you, you're suggesting Fury Road? Fury Road. Mad not Max Mad Fury. Max, the original. No, Mad Max Fury Road. Okay. Uh, next one, surprise didn't come up. Boiler Room. Yep. Wall Street Month could continue for another week. Yep. Um, with that, we got Ben Affleck, we got Vin Diesel, Giovanni Rubisi. But I don't cast. think any, I think any cast yeah. connections from this. Um, Brendan, I have a question for you because I know you recently watched this movie. Uh-oh. I have it on my election year watch list. It is The Candidate. 
Is that a movie about a guy who is like Breaking Bad and um, how much? I don't know. I haven't seen it. Oh, I thought you'd seen it. I've seen it. I think it's the one with Robert Redford. Still on my list. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The one with Robert Redford. Yeah. Would that be a good connection Um, from Wolf Wall Street or not really? He's not like Breaking Bad, but he's sort of an unconventional. He's less perfect than he seems. Yeah. So kind of like a candidate. Yeah. All right. I'm gonna leave the candidate on my also rims then. Uh, All the beauty in the bloodshed. Yep. How much is enough? Big Pharma, the documentary. I think it was an Oscar-nominated documentary last year. Yes. Yeah. Um, never saw it. And also, I feel like all the Beauty and, Beauty and the Bloodshed could also be like an alternate title for Wolf of Wall Street. Um, and it's New York-based as well. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. You're just repeating ones I had last week. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's cool. And. My last one is choose your own Robin Hood. So we'll pick which Robin Hood we want to do, but a version of Robin Hood we will do. Probably animated, I think. You'd have to do, well, you should do the Russell Crowe one, so you're circling back. back. Yeah, that's true. We could do that. I actually like that movie. I know people don't like it, but I enjoy it. it. It'd be a good one to get us ready for House of the Dragon, I feel like, because it's got that, like, you know, epic period piece feel. Mm -hmm. All right. Brendan, hopefully I didn't take too many off your list. No, but I'm going to throw out three uh, three Leo blind spots to completely go against what I said about Scorsese <laughs> going, coming first. Uh, Blood Diamond, Revolutionary Road, and Jay Edgar. I've not seen any of these. Um, oh, and then I will also go with... Uh, the. I made a joke about it earlier, but the Jack Nicholson, Michelle Pfeiffer, Wolf <laughs> really was on my list. Let's throw Wolf? it on there. <laughs> is it wolf or wolf man it's, it's wolf. just wolf. wolf wolf all right and then uh some gentlemen who do some very bad things in guy Ritchie's the gentleman so there you go mcconaughey's <laughs> in that too yeah mcconaughey's in that uh a couple of also rands i had two oh, from the save money. your also rands remember we do them yeah. with them now yeah uh, yeah well yeah okay whatever <laughs> so as to not confuse what is eligible that is hey, well, all right go ahead and read what's eligible and then we'll pick God. Okay. Um. All right. The Su- the Suicide Squad, Babylon, Barbie, Dances with Wolves, Wall Street, The Revenant, Gangs of New York, Django Unchained, The Revenant again, Montecatone and the Holy Grail, The Artist, Trading Places, Gangs of New York again, Molly's Game, Thank You for Smoking, Hustlers, Raging Bull, The Great Gatsby, Killers of the Flower Moon, Itanya, First Man. Mad Max Fury Road, Boiler Room, All the Beauty and the Bloodshed, Glengarry Glenn Ross, Disney's Robin Hood, or whatever Robin Hood we want, <laughs> Blood Diamond, Revolutionary Road, J. Edgar, Wolf, and The Gentleman. I get to go first. From the listener list, I guess I'll pick Gangs of New York, mm. because that's Let's the see. one that everybody seemed excited about. We haven't done it. I haven't rewatched it since it came out um yeah there you go and i mean you know if we're gonna have 10 timers we might as well have them cross the finish line exactly yep. exactly okay um all right from the listener list i will pick <laughs> dances with wolves uh no I'll, I'll, <laughs> i do i do think that would be funny that is a blind spot for me uh and then be we real do... like fuck you to scorsese because you know kevin costner beat him for the Right. Goodfellas Oscar. Oh, Goodfellas yeah, Oscar. Uh, and I was thinking idea. then we can circle back to Killers of the Flower Moon in two weeks, too. Um, that's true. 
I'm actually going to be in New York next week. So we're going to need to talk about scheduling because I um, I'm in New York to begin next week. Uh, so it's interesting. We're talking about New York movies. Uh, I'm going to do trading places. Um, I think like we've done a lot of like sad Wall Street ones. This one is a more fun, you know, stay in Wall Street month, but be a little bit more fun. Okay. Um, I, I'm going to pick Wall Street. Nice. Nice. All right. So it's not just me going to New York next week, but it's probably nope. this podcast as well. Um, could be, could be. All right. Uh, from the host slash guest list. It's tough. Um, I, Tanya and Killers of the Farm Move were both on my list. Um, I really want to pick one of them. One of them. One of them. I know, exactly. <laughs> one of us. One of us. I actually think because I just rewatched Oppenheimer, I'd like to rewatch Killers of the Flower Moon 2. Um, I'd be okay with it. It's streaming on Apple now, right? Uh, yeah. yeah, I think so. It's available. Okay, so yeah. I'm going to go with Killers of the Killers. It'd be timely to watch that. Um, yeah, right for Barbie. Oscars. Probably yep. should have probably should have had Barbie in this mix too, since it is also yep. for Best Picture. Uh, all right, um, I will pick. I wish I could pick for my own list. Not gonna lie. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> I'll do Itania. Um, we we yeah, passed yes. over Barbie, but I Margot like Robbie Itania. and Itania. I I watched that movie. I think I watched that on with Movie Pass. Um, yeah, I believe. And. I think so too. The, the connection can be Paul Walter Hauser, not Ethan Supley. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, I apologize. And I, you were probably not the first or the last person to make that mistake. I do like Ethan Supley, though. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. <laughs> I could pick Revolutionary Road, which is incredibly oh depressing. Well, you, have, yeah. you, would have to, you would have to come back if we're doing that movie. <laughs> I would watch that again. I mean, you know. <laughs> Um, should I do it? Do it. If you have to ask, just do it. That's, that's the now, you wanted to do things that were Oscar nominated leading up to the Oscars, and that Jersey. one was Oscar snubbed. That's nominated. Then. Did Michael Her Shannon snubbed. get nominated? I, thought, um, I think I think somebody got nominated for that. Um, I thought the lead actress got nominated for Revolutionary Road. Kate uh, Winslet is Kate her Winslet. name. Yeah, <laughs> no, Kate she Winslet. didn't. She I won for she The did. Reader. She won that oh, year for The Reader. Right. She but I thought won. she was nominated for both. Uh, Michael Shannon no. was. Michael Shannon was uh, nominated. Also nominated for costume design and art direction. Didn't win anything, but nominated. Okay, okay I'll pick Revolutionary Road then. There you go. Real uplifting one. Very, very, very cheerful. Yep. Yeah. All right. I'm getting these up right now. So we can well, find I've never it. seen it, so you're really setting me up here. Um, <laughs> all right, Gags but you know York. what though? Actually, I think uh, yeah. oddly enough, uh, that that movie does have a connection to Mad Men because I think they live in the same like weird, not New York place that Don Draper and Betty Draper mm-hmm. lived in. Um, that makes sense. Also directed by Sam Mendes, who is in the headlines this week for his Beatles uh, four four movie thing that's never going to happen. Mm-hmm. What? So, did you not I, hear about this? I'm not on Twitter anymore. Oh, you're not, oh okay, well, planning um, a four-part movie where he's going to do a biopic on each one of the Beatles separately. Hmm, that's interesting. From, their, from each perspective, and it's, they're all going to come out in 2027, I think, was it's the insane. year. It's insane. Um, it doesn't make any sense. So it's like, it's like yeah. a Rashomon Beatles cinematic universe. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'll watch it. That's not how I remember it. Yeah. <laughs> you mean um, that's not how I remember it. 
that was my right. trading impression. places is the last one I have to pull up. Uh, yeah, I I just feel like it's one of those things that I like a couple <laughs> years ago. Like, remember when they were making the Beatles uh, Beatles biopic? It's like, do you guys remember a couple of years ago they announced there was going to be a Netflix series about U two? Yeah. What happened to that? Yeah. I feel like. like recently you know people will take those announcements when they have dates associated with them like i think in december somebody retweeted like oh man i just saw rogue squadron it was so good yeah so, exactly just look yeah. at how many star wars has been yeah. announced over the last 10 years that haven't come out so mm-hmm. come on yeah all right um, uh, can we get to the final six all right, all right. Uh, <laughs> our final six get- gangs in new york trading places uh, Wall Street. gangs in new york is streaming on um netflix well it's weird it says max on prime what does that even mean? I think only if you subscribe to Max through Prime. So I don't know. It doesn't seem like it's doesn't okay. seem like it's streaming. Uh, trading places. What Gangs of New York isn't streaming? It says Max on Prime or hmm. Showtime on Apple TV, but not on like the main. In Canada, it's on Prime. There you go. Okay. Uh, trading places is streaming somewhere, Brendan. Netflix. Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus. Sorry. It's yep. only rentable in Canada. Hopefully, I wouldn't have to say it. Hopefully, I wouldn't have to buy it. Um. I lost. I did not grab Wall Street. Um, give me a second to pull. Up. T- you okay. want to know where Wall Street is streaming yes. in Canada? Yep, Canada's favorite Disney. streaming service, Crave. Disney Plus. Yeah, <laughs> Disney Plus. I really yeah. like that Grace mentioned Greed how random good. Canadian Disney Plus is. Last yep. week, I was like, yes. Greed um, is very good for Disney. <laughs> yeah. uh, Wall Street is streaming in the U.S. on Stars, and I actually just got yes. an email from Amazon saying my Stars subscription has ended. Oh, um, so I'll have to resubscribe if we do that. Uh, or get it from the library. Uh, Craig Gillespie's I, Tanya is streaming somewhere. Uh, uh, Netflix. Max. In Canada, Max. it's okay. on Netflix. Nice. So you were uh, right about that. Maybe I'm in Canada now. Killers of Flower Moon, as you <laughs> said, Brandon. I, I, yeah, Apple, 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 Apple Plus. Plus. It is not rentable. So if you do not have Apple oh, Plus, either sign up for Apple tough. Plus, watch some of the good shows on there, or you have to buy it for 20 bucks. Or Ooh. they might have it at your library on Disney. That's tough. Maybe. Actually, yeah. but there's probably a wait. Well, it's just, it's streaming on Apple TV Plus. If you so if you subscribe to Apple TV right, Plus, right? But, yes. like, but you can't rent it. You can't pay two ninety nine and rent it anywhere. Oh no! But you can, can just get you can pay. So it could be more. a little hard for people to watch. Yeah, but you can. I mean, yeah. Apple does a seven day trial if you've never used it, or you can do a month. And there's tons of good shows on Apple, including Severance. Yeah, From Mankind true. is like decent. Um, yeah. Bad, there's Bad Sisters is watched. on there. Yeah. Speaking of Paul Walter Hauser, Blackbird. Uh, Manhunt is going to be on Apple. So yeah, Blackbird Apple. Yeah. Uh, Manhunt is going to be on Apple next month. So yep. yeah, not not a bad idea. Masters There's of the good Air. movies on there too. I mean, yeah, no, yeah. Apple's Apple Plus is one of the better. It's ones. a pretty good streaming. The Beastie Boys documentary is on there. That's very good. Yep. Yeah. All right, and then Revolutionary Road is streaming on a service that we have already brought up. Peacock. No, we haven't brought up Peacock. It's on Max. Paramount. Max. Imagine if it was on Disney Plus. I don't think it's <laughs> hilarious. Uh, Even though I don't know anything is. about it. <laughs> Oh, it's only rentable in Canada, but that's okay because I own it. It's fine. Oh, that's good. All right. All right. So, <laughs> what are we doing next week? I don't know. Uh, so, should we take out Trading Places because it wasn't nominated for any Oscars? Oh, yeah, good point. Keep going and also, it's only world. rentable in Canada, and I don't want to rent it. All right. That's and a. Uh, I feel like Dan Aykroyd. Like, you know, some bad shit about it, Dan Aykroyd. Dan Aykroyd um, is from Aykroyd. Ottawa, the same place I'm from. Mm. Oh, nice. Yep. All right. So now we're down to Gangs in New York, Wall Street, Itania, Killers of Flowerman, Revolutionary Road. I feel like Revolutionary Road probably is not like a great connection. Um, okay. It's, got Leo. it's well, but it is about people who appear to be perfect. Yeah. And are not. Based on a novel as well. Based on a novel 
and like I said, it has the Mad Men kind of vibe. <laughs> and it has someone giving a very insane performance. True, mm. Michael Shannon. And it uh. circles back to Titanic, but that was last season. <laughs> um, <laughs> I do feel like we've talked a lot about Revolution. We've like talked the most about it. It comes up a lot. I've never <laughs> seen it, so leave me alone. <laughs> let me watch this movie this is the movie that's going to keep getting nominated that i'm never going to see because mm-hmm. we refuse to actually watch it yeah. um yeah i don't know I, I, this is i feel like i i we could go with any of these five um maybe drop wall street wall street because was that nominated for anything i think it was didn't michael was nominated douglas for, get nominated yeah i thought michael douglas got nominated for best yeah. actor okay it's a pi- kind of iconic actor. performance. I feel yeah. he was nominated for Best Picture. And was Oliver Stone nominated for Best Director? All right, so my way off. Uh, yeah. uh, you might be. Googling Wall Street is not helpful. Uh, I need to get no. Wall Street Oscars. Um, Wall Street Googling. Film 1987 is what I'm doing. I'm, I'm, I'm IMDb-ing it. Yeah. It IMDb. was Michael Douglas won for Best Actor. Oh, he did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's, pr- you know, that's pretty good. He there probably go. deserved that. That was it. Um, Okay, I don't know. Oh, that was the only one it was nominated for. Okay, so I was wrong about all the others. Well, hmm. all right. Brendan, what do you want to watch next week? What do you want to watch next week? I don't know why I was, like, really feeling an I Taught You rewatch. Yeah, there's lots of needle drops in that. I actually really was feeling an I Taught You rewatch. I really was feeling an I Taught You rewatch for some mm-hmm. reason. But I would also watch Killers of the Flower Moon again, like I said. Okay. In between those two. Um... So I am traveling until Wednesday night. So okay. we're probably are going to be recording next Thursday. So it'll be late in the week when we record. So um, it would be easier for you to not have to watch a three-hour kill of the flower moon. I, I, I mean, I can watch it on my laptop, right? That's how it's intended. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I can watch it when I get back on Wednesday. That would be fine. Um, I don't know. I, I think a kill of the flower moon. Like, I would like to get a guest for that, though. Um, yeah. Can be tough to book think. a guest if you have a limited schedule, though. Yeah. All right. Let's do Itania um, then. Let's do Itania. It'll be fun. All right. Yeah. Unless Megan wants to come back for Revolutionary Road. Uh, sure. No. Okay. Should we flip a coin? Brendan, do you want to watch Revolutionary I thought, Road? I mean, I will watch it. I just thought that you guys kept saying you really didn't want to do it. So no, it's, you know. no, it's just it's depressing. I'm fine um. with that. <laughs> is this a spo- have... can i give you the first two words of my review from a year ago i watched this almost no. exactly a year ago no um no don't do oh, it it's, it's a very good pun all right i'll save it for next week yeah um save, save it for the pod all right sounds good all right revolutionary road is revolutionary road it, is. it is on max all right, all right. i, like that I think my to... first two words of my letterbox review can be my title connection it can be my will be my title. I'm, I'm gonna i have to look up your review now i'm like yeah. Oh, hang on. I'm actually on the Revolutionary Road Letterbox page already. So yep. this should be straightforward. Um, well, I will not be looking it up. All right. Megan, and you're coming back next week. <laughs> okay. And maybe I'll count. If you're between. available oh. Thursday. Yeah, yeah that, that would be a good title connection. Yep. Yeah, I, I think I'm available on Thursday. I have to go to the office, but, you know, I'll be back by then. All right. Leonardo oh. DiCaprio and Kate Winslet. Again. Back together again. And Kathy Bates. Actually, you know what? Okay, so we didn't talk about this, but uh, I was I rewatched the trailer for Wolf of Wall Street, the one that uses black skinhead mm. by Kanye West. Mm-hmm. Great, yeah. great trailer. Revolutionary Road also has a great trailer featuring a song by an artist who was sampled by Kanye on Yeezus, um, Nina Simone. It's her cover. Oh. Or, uh, it's not, is it a cover? I don't know. It's her version of Wild as the Wind. 
Okay. I think, is that what it's called? Yeah. Um, anyway, great trailer. Well, so well, now, inspired me now Zach, about, now Zach about has his outro song. So there you well, go. that yeah, and there. Mm-hmm. Um, Megan, you inspired me last week when you were talking about the trailer for Wolf of Wall Street, Black Skinhead. On the weekends, I'm going to, if I remember, I'm going to start tweeting out the trailer for the movie we're doing oh, the that's following a good idea. week. So on Fridays, I do the announcement, and then on some Saturday or Sunday, I'll tweet out the trailer. No context. I'm just going to tweet the link to the That's trailer. A good idea. Love if you like to watch trailers, trailers, I feel like also maybe it would get people excited to watch the movie. Oh, the um, Wolf of Wall Street trailer for sure would, because that, yeah. I, like I said. This, yeah. So follow yeah. us on Twitter, at Ladder Movie. I'm not going to post. I don't think there's an easy way to post trailers. There isn't Instagram. anymore, unfortunately. You yeah. can't share tweets on Instagram anymore. Well, and I was thinking, is there an easy way to share, like, YouTube videos on Instagram? But I don't think there is. No, I don't think so. Now. Instagram is not very link friendly. No, no for sure. Um, all right. Well, next week, uh, Sam Mendes' wow. Revolutionary Sam Road. Noise. Mendes, yeah. Um, this movie also shot by um, uh, what's it's his name? D- Roger Deakins. Deakins. Yeah. yeah. So, wow. It's nice. gonna look. It's gonna look nice. I mean, Based it's on. a it's an excellent movie. Mm-hmm. Just yep. you know, it's a bummer. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? Maybe Brendan won't find it a bummer. I read um, the book too, and the you know the book is very good. But yeah. Cool. All right. Mm-hmm. Revolutionary Road. Is that, is, is that a point for Megan? Um, no, point for Brendan. Another no, point, point for, for me. Brendan. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, it is. Lots of points for you. I um, should have I should have uh, pushed for I, Tanya. No, I would have got harder. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Revolutionary Road. Coming up next week, it is on Max once again, or you can rent it um, or get it from your local library. Um, what are you looking forward to watching the next week? Megan. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I have to do my movie atlas and I've picked something called the awakening of the ants that I don't remember which country it's Ooh. from. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> so you can tell I'm really excited about it, but um, I also, I'm doing a personal movie ladder this year and I've been nice. watching a bunch of Gene Harlow movies and I still have one, one more that I think I might, I might move away from Gene Harlow after this movie, but I'm going to be watching platinum blonde. Nice. Which is and then you can connect to Blonde, regular Blonde. Um, I will show. not be rewatching Blonde yeah. because it sucks. I but... just conf- I confused Blonde and bo- I was thinking of Bombshell, the Fox well, News. Oh, movie. that Bombshell. Yeah. Well, Gene Harlow was also in a movie called Bombshell, which I watched, or mm. maybe it's yeah. called Blonde Bombshell. I don't remember. Anyways, I like Gene Harlow. She's one mm. of my top stars on Letterboxd for the year, along with Denzel. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, and then also I'm going to see I'm going to a stage musical this weekend. I'm going to see Disney's Frozen. Oh, I've never seen anything mm-hmm. Frozen before. I, I saw the movie, and apparently I don't know. I I'm sure it'll be fine. The uh, so in the movie when she sings "Let It Go," her dress mm-hmm. magically transforms, right? right? And apparently the way they do this on stage is extremely like magical and spectacular. So I guess that's the main attraction of the state i don't know it's the broadway across canada series and right. like i just bought a season package so i'm sure it'll be good <laughs> nice nice um for me so i have uh schindler's list due back at the library tomorrow so i think mm-hmm. i'm gonna be watching that tonight uh boy zach you watch that Jeez. and revolutionary road this week and um, all these other <laughs> depressing movies that i've been watching recently yeah. i also have asteroid city from the library which is also due back tomorrow so i might watch asteroid city after schindler's list um i, which hope, could I hope you do something fun in new york yeah i'll be working but i'm gonna like well um, i'll be in like manhattan so i'll walk around Times square yeah. and do my well, that'll be fun mm-hmm. new, yep. new york is fun yep um 
And also, we do have the answer now to are we going to hit Scorsese or Leo first in the yeah. Ten Timers Club? Leo, 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 Leo wins. Is the winner of the Ten Timers Club, the first Man. member of the Ten Timers Club, deck. unless there's some random uh, crew member who got it before him, but I don't think yep. so. Well, I'm happy to see Leo get there before Tom Cruise. There we go. Yeah. No offense to Tom Cruise, but I prefer Leo. I have been wanting to watch Minority Report recently. Speaking of Tom Cruise, I just haven't been like had the edge to watch it. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, I'm hoping to see um, the new uh, Colin movie Driveaway Dolls is out this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, that looks really intriguing. Also, want to try to get the the new Vin Vendors Perfect Days since it was nominated. Oh, yeah. I haven't seen it yet. Um, those are the two things. And I also I was so busy this weekend I didn't get around to the True Detective finale yet. So. Mm. Uh, gonna watch that as soon as we hang up. So there you go. I have a tweet hey bookmarked to share with Brendan when he watches. Yeah, the know, right? I don't even remember what it was, but I messaged him and I said, "Have you watched True Detective?" And he said, "No." I said, "Okay, I have a tweet to share with you once you do." And then I use—I never use the bookmark feature on Twitter, but I did use that because I didn't want to forget it. And all I remember is that I bookmarked it. I do not remember what the tweet said. Um, guys, guys. Also, next week is the Survivor premiere. No, that's true. Yep. Don't, so don't forget. Middle of the week. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Before we come back. Oh, man. So Survivor premiere night and um, and Revolutionary Road in the same night for me. Probably. We can set aside two minutes on the Revolutionary podcast to discuss the Survivor premiere. There we go. Well, do. Um, nice. <laughs> if we remember. <laughs> if, I, I feel well, I mean, I think we'll remember because we just watched them. All right. So we're going to be back next <laughs> Thursday. Yep. Um, and so you have a little bit of extra time to watch Revolutionary Road and write in your feedback outline movie on Twitter and Instagram and send us your um, your feedback in your next Stuff. movie suggestions. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brendan, did you? Oh, you said what you you were gonna watch next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay. All right. And uh, we'll see everybody later. We'll see everybody next week for Revolutionary Road. Yay! Love me, love me, she do. Let me fly away with you For my love is like the wind And wild as a wind Care whose birthday it is. Speaking of birthdays, uh, I guess I can have this. I can kick us off with the Letterbox reviews. And this is the number one review on Letterbox for this movie. And it is Hunter Strawberry who says the most realistic thing about this movie is that Leo dates a 22 year old. Yeah, that's that's about right. Yeah, <laughs> I was saying I said this before we started recording. But for the listeners, did you all know Leo is turning 50 this year? Mm-hmm. FYI. <laughs> I'm that I'm that Matt Damon jeff from uh, from saving private ryan <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> turns into old man i, I used that recently because um i don't remember because you're old it was a reply it was a reply to rob because he was talking about some milestone they had on rhap and i was like me remembering listening to episode three and then it was the gif of me of the oh, right, right. old. yep uh well beef squash uh maybe he would prefer dances with wolves because or he or she, I guess. Uh, Beef Squash says, "Uh, I didn't see any wolves." It's a, it a metaphor, actually. Uh, I heard someone shouting "Wolfie, Wolfie, Wolfie" a lot. That's a good point. The wolves are a metaphor, John. Oh, we didn't do our yeah. we didn't do our honorable mentions. Anybody have any good honorable mentions? No. Oh, yeah. I, well, I did, I had um, "Don't Look Up" because Leo yeah. and Jonah Hill are both in oh, it. God. Yeah. And then I also had yeah. "Showgirls." Because- 
Nice. <laughs> it showed up in the similar films on Letterboxd, and I was like, yes, I totally <laughs> see that. <laughs> oh, Lord. Showgirls is actually kind of great. I mean, I've never I'd seen it. It's, Honestly, um, I'd watch Robin. it again. I really think that, okay, speaking of people not knowing how to watch movies, I feel like that movie was completely misinterpreted yeah. when it came because out. Because I was 13 when it came out and we rented it for a birthday party, like, birthday because quotes, yeah. the friend's parents didn't know what it was. And, oh my god. Um, it is, it's definitely intentionally trashy and over the top. Like, yeah, there's I mean, no Palmer way Hogan it's not are, intentional. Yeah, Pauver movies are often misunderstood. Like, yeah, and uh, Elizabeth Robocop. Berkeley is like, you know, anyways... Yeah. You should put Showgirls on the watch list for the podcast because right, maybe I will. Um, yeah, I also had she she said for rip from the headlines about bad behavior. Mm-hmm. Uh, eyes of Tammy Faye for um, religion. Oh, very good. That's a good yeah. one. And, um, the candidate that we talked. Oh, about. okay. Cult leaders, right? Got yeah. it. Religious, like just like people. I was people, like, there's no religion in Wolf of Wall Street. Like, oh no, but just like thing all over again. Yeah, yeah, just like people predatory <laughs> behavior. Uh, the candidate W for a biopic of a mm. not great person, and uh, I think there were some other cast connections to that all or right. something. And Keep then also, uh, one last one. Uh, speaking of two, One Love, the Bob Marley biopic, yeah. uh, written by Terrence Winter, who wrote Wolf oh. of Wall Street. Oh, there you go. Yep. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I wrote down War Dogs. Oh yeah. Like, is it a yeah. movie about the guy from Survivor? Based on a true story. <laughs> it's uh... oh, a. It it's a not about dog. the war dog from Survivor. Uh, no. Not no. <laughs> uh, two for the money. I also wrote down, which is very funny. Yeah. Did you? I noticed that Pain and Gain was in the similar movies on Letterboxd yeah, too. Weird. Yeah. yeah. I was like, I feel like hmm. it's like satirical, um, kind of similar to. There's a lot of Wolf. If you search Wolf of Wall Street on Letterboxd, there's a lot of lists that are like movies that were made like basically like wolf of wall street-esque movies like movies that are just like over the top and break the fourth wall and um big short is on all of those lists i tanya is on a lot of those lists too right? hmm. um so uh Itania. all right then i was gonna do a we have a four and a half star from adam kempinar and he says tough to call this cautionary tale and belfort pretty much gets away with it even tougher to call it a movie that glorifies belfort successfully repugnant behavior when scorsese depicts said behavior as well excessively repugnant excessively repugnant i don't know uh, how will we just call it great that's what adam says there you so go, there you go. but he understood stars, the movie two stars from josh larson his co-host on on uh film spotting it says a chore even if you quote unquote get it so okay yeah, team adam it. we got an argument between adam them. basically said everything i said in 10 seconds yeah he's a pro <laughs> Yeah, I know. Right. I'm definitely not. All right. Well, next week, see everybody for Revolutionary Road. Good night, everybody.